are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And I gotta tell you, I accidentally left the, uh, uh, the microphone on last week for like, oh, I don't know. 20 minutes after we were done recording last week. And, well, unfortunately for you, luckily for me, none of you got to hear <laughs> got to hear our conversation uh, after the episode last week. But It was even funnier uh, because I shut mine off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was even we, funnier because I stopped recording. So you're just literally sitting there talking about whatever you were talking about in like a oh. one-sided conversation. It had a lot to do it was with one sided conversation, and... but the top, the the top, yeah, it, it had to do with Santa hats, and it was just great. It was uh, <laughs> it was classic. And if, if we had a Patreon or an OnlyFans, that would have made the cut. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, we would have made good money off of that. One. That would have been an outtake. We would have both been like, "Well, we'll never have to work again." Uh, <laughs> good news is, the good news is, if that if that tape got out, we would never have to work again. Uh, the bad news is, we never no one would ever hire again. us ever again. <laughs> uh, it really wasn't that bad, but it was. Gosh, it was it was hilarious. Um, it was <laughs> it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we had a good episode last week. Well, I don't know if it was a good episode. We had fun making it. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, we had fun doing it. I don't know if you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you did, but hey, whatever. I got off, you know, it's fine. But um, <laughs> I'm horrible. So here we are. We are we are back again. Uh, on our end, uh, today is, uh, it is still November 11th, so it's Veterans Day. So it's a holiday weekend for us here um, in the United States. Well, Veterans Day was originally Armistice Day, so that's recognized outside of the United States too. So, uh, it might be, it might be a holiday weekend for people elsewhere. I'm not entirely sure it was, it was Armistice day here in the United States, clearly for the same reason it was everywhere else. Um, and, uh, became veterans day, I think in 1947, but that's besides the point holiday weekend. So holiday weekends are kind of fun. Uh, got an extra day to play, uh, a whole big bunch of Baldur's gate three. I, um, I know this is not a video game podcast, but seriously, Baldur's gate three is amazing. And uh, I play. I put 107 hours, 107 hours into my first playthrough, and I'm on my second playthrough. And I don't know how many hours I put into the second one, but it's it's just awesome. And I, yeah. So that that's what I've been doing lately, playing a lot of that game and um, listening to some tunes. You know, we'll talk about that when we get there. Otherwise, it's been a lazy weekend, and I'm kind of excited. You've been just you've been on the ice the whole time. Uh, I've been busy, busy, busy. Um. Yeah, it's a, we're actually recording on Saturday night because yesterday I got a call. And again, this isn't a podcast about us, but I just want to explain. Um, I got a call. I got one of those those text messages that you, you love to, to hate when you're a goalie. And it was, uh, hey, can you play tonight? And when you're, you know, I, you know being, a, being a goalie, I don't know. Again, our listeners in Canada probably are like, oh, I know how that is, brother. Uh, but, uh, you know, for those of you, unreal. you know, oh, unreal for those of you in countries who maybe ho- with hockey isn't either a sport at all, or at least not a, a prevalent sport. Goalies are like, you need a goalie to play a game. You, you just, you can play a goalie with five guys 
uh, or sorry, you can play a game if you got five guys and a goalie. You know, you could even play a game if you had three or four guys and a, go- and a goalie. You can't play a game really successfully with without a goalie. So people like us are in high demand. And, you know, I got that text message and nine and lately it's been literally like, hey, can you play tonight? And it's I've been like, sorry, I've already been offered like three other games. Um, so I've been playing a lot. So last night I got one and I was actually playing up. So normally I'm in like C or D level, which, you know, that's my knees are bad. I'm not as fast as I used to be. So I'm kind of happy there. Like, you know, it's one of those things where, yes, I could put in the work and get up there or whatever, but I got a call for a B and I was nervous about it. Cause I'm thinking to myself, like I haven't played competitive, competitive hockey in, you know, in many, many years. Again, I've got bad knees and everything else. So I, I didn't do too bad. We won. So that's good. But we, we had to postpone recording the show because I had to go late last night. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's fun and, and, uh, yeah, it was a good Did, time. I, I think I, I think you should do this though. I think what you ought to do, and I, so why don't you leave, leave out the specifics, maybe leave out even specifically what they do for a living, et cetera, et cetera. But could you at least describe what the locker room sounded like? Because the it way was you awesome. described the locker room I, I, killed me. It, it was cool. Let me put it this way. It was like being in New York. Like it was like being in New York as people think of New York is. Um, so it was really cool. Bunch of, bunch of cool dudes. I'm glad I got to play for the team. Um, yeah, bunch of cool dudes. That, that's what I'll leave it at because, you know, I'll leave it at bunch of cool dudes. <laughs> there are some details that I could share with you that I don't necessarily <laughs> want to share at the podcast. No, no, but look, look, at, look, at what I, look at what I messaged you. They were a bunch of New Yorkers. Let me put it that way. Talk about that part. They were a bunch. They were a bunch of New Yorkers. Like they, they were. I don't. I don't know how else to explain it. Like they were a bunch of New Yorkers. You know. So, um, cool dudes. They were talking about like, hey, you go down to the deli, yeah, like that kind of stuff. And it was really cool. Um, Very welcoming dudes. I would totally play for them again. Great dudes. Uh, you know, me being a PA guy, sometimes like sometimes I, I you know, because when, you, when you're on hockey teams, a lot of times guys who grew up together, guys who've known each other for years, they're from the same area. And, it, you know, sometimes I'm from PA and everybody else is come here from Jersey or from New York. So you get a group of guys who are all taught, you know, it's 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 kind of like, um, you know, what I imagine some NHL locker rooms to be if you have a, a team that's dominantly like Russian or dominantly like. Swedish or Finnish, uh, you know, you know, it's a good example of this. Every American hockey player eventually starts sounding like they're from Canada. Like I've never met an American hockey player who's played at extremely high level hockey who doesn't sound like they're from Canada. <laughs> they all start talking about a, and they all start being like, Oh yeah. You know, I got to go practice eh? Oh yeah. You know, you go, got to go down and get some poutine. eh? you know, like, you know, it, it, they start, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those weird phenomenon, but um, you know, me with my PA accent, sometimes I'm in these locker rooms and everybody's got thick Jersey or thick New York accents and, and it's, it's kind of entertaining, you know? So, um, meaning not entertaining, like I'm making fun of anybody. I'm saying like, it's, it's cool because no, it sounded I'm like, awesome. I'm like, it's cool. Cause you know, I mean like, you know, is it like, I don't know. It's weird. Like hockey, like locker rooms and stuff like that. You know, it's like a metal, it's like a metal concert. I'm going to relate this back to metal where, you know, when you're, you know, it, it's, you and I have always said this. You and I work office jobs. Like, you and I work very much corporate office jobs. But you and I have also said we were raised in a very blue-collar 
environment. Like you and I were raised in a very blue collar like upbringing. So you and I have always said, I feel more comfortable sitting at the bar with a bunch of like, you know, firemen, police officers, electricians, plumbers. I'd feel more comfortable in that setting than I would sitting at the bar with a bunch of vice presidents of, of, of companies or a bunch of like, you know, whatever assistant vice presidents of companies. You and I've always said that. So, um, I don't know. You know, it's it's cool like that. You know, it's one of those things I'm, where like I'm, you feel more at home. You know, I'm just I'm just envisioning every time someone misses a shot. I, oh, I'm just mis- I'm I'm, well, I'm envisioning I, that the whole time. I was at uh, I was one of the hockey games I coached at. It was awesome because it was it was coaching here in New Jersey, and um, one of our one of our players. Yeah, I forget if one of our players took a hit or one of our players delivered a hit, and I just heard in the crowd, oh. <laughs> Oh, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like, a, oh, you know, like it wasn't like, well, it was totally, oh, <laughs> it was totally no, like it, a no, Sopranos. It was, it was definitely that Saturday Night Live game show. It was, it was totally like a Sopranos, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw, so I've been watching Family Guy lately. I, when I, when I, again, I'm, I hate to talk about this, you know, this has nothing to do with metal, but, um, I've been watching a lot of Family Guy lately because I like watching shows that I don't mind falling asleep during. So when it gets late at night, I like noise. Like, I can't fall asleep in silence. Um, I can't sleep, like, if it's quiet. So I always like to turn the TV on, even if I'm not watching it, just so there's noise. And um, and I was watching. And so their dog, Brian, for those of you who don't know the show, their dog is Brian. And he gets hit by a car and he dies. And they replace him with a dog named Vinny. And Vinny's like totally. Uh, Vinny was oh, way voiced to, way by. To spoil it for me. What's that? It's a way to spoil it for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Well, he, yeah. Brian comes back eventually, but Vinny was voiced by Tony. He, uh, it's like Sick Sicaprano or something like that. Sirico. Uh, yes, it was voiced by Tony Sirico. And and it's like I forget what the joke was, but Peter says something to him, and he goes. Oh, he goes, you know what? That's so shocking. I just got to owe it out for a while. And he just walks out of the room going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was awesome. That's awesome. I was thinking, I was, I was like, dude, I, for, I, I almost forgot. I should find that clip and send it to you. That's so shocking. I've got to owe it out for a while. Oh, oh. Oh man, I, I just, I just, I don't know, man. I just assume that's that's. <laughs> I just assume that's how it works. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Um, so hey, why don't we? Uh, why don't Why don't we kick this up? Let, let's Let's jump into our picks of the week, and then we've kind of got a few things we want to talk about. We, I mean, we'll see if we get to them. Who knows around here? But we do have a couple of things. So why don't you? Why don't you go ahead and hit me up with your uh, your pick of the week, and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, well, I watched this video of Family Guy saying, oh. Uh, wait. Oh, oh, I found it. I lost the sheet for a minute here. Um, Let's see. Picks of the week. My pick of the week is... My pick of the week is actually a band that... Um, it was... They were recommended to us by a listener. The name of the band is Elm Street. And, of course, you could figure out what... what where they get their name. Um... But the name of the album is The Great Tribulation. It just came out. Um, I, it, this came out a while ago. It, not a while ago, meaning it came out like, a, like within the past few weeks. Um, I had listened to it, but I hadn't really actually given it a good listen to. 
um, until recently. I, I had the record sitting there, and it's I've been really busy at work, and I haven't been able to listen to music as much lately. But um, finally, I got it on my turntable and gave it a nice listen. Um, it's awesome. It's great thrash. You know, it's interesting. So, um, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to derail the, the pick of the week, but and you know what? This actually is going to play into play into um, something else I wanted to talk about this episode. So I'll hold off on this. But Elm Street's pretty great thrash. Um, I their, their first couple albums were awesome. I, I I love the song. And this is this is not on this album, but the, the first album I think had a song called Elm Street's Children. Such an awesome song. This song this album is really cool. Um, you know, I, I won't say it's like I won't say it's my favorite out of their three albums, but still, it's worth mentioning. Um, it's but it's one of the stronger releases this year. So if you're like you know that the, it's more of a modern thrash. It's definitely not one of those bands that tries to pretend like it's still 1986 and tries to oh, like. So it's not, wait, wait. What's the term? Pizza thrash. Pizza thrash. I guess you know whatever you want to call it. There, there, it's, it's not, not one, one of those, those bands who's like who walks name. into the studio and is like, okay, here's what I want. I want it to sound like absolute crap. Um, I want it to sound like we had like four hundred dollars in our pocket in nineteen eighty three, and I want you to take the reverb that you normally put on the vocals, and and they're like, well, how much reverb do you want on the vocals? And the answer is yes, you know. So to the point of where it sounds like they're singing in a giant metal tank. Um, so anyway, so but no, this is not that. It's definitely modern thrash, but it's awesome stuff. So check it out, Elm Street: The Grape Tribulation. I do forget who rem- who recommended this Elm Street because this was actually a couple years ago at this point that somebody recommended Elm Street to us. Um, but I do appreciate that because when the new album came out, I totally, um, I totally, uh, uh, I totally recognized it, and I bought the new album. So go ahead. Duffers with your uh, with your uh, pick of the week. With my pick, yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, it's only it's only half a pick, I guess. Um, so one of our one of our listeners uh, messaged me and asked if I had heard the Dimu Borgir cover of the song "Perfect Strangers" by Deep Purple, and I said no, I haven't, and it is my pick of the week for sure. So. Dimmu Borgir have a um they have a covers album coming out in December. And it's got a bunch of cool stuff on it. It's got um Venom's Black Metal, which I listened to that. That one's really cool. It's got Satan My Master by Bathory. It's got a song by GGFH. Dead Men Don't R Word. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. I'm just not. Um Nocturnal Fear by Celtic Frost, Burn in Hell by Twisted Sister, which they did a long time ago, uh, Perfect Strangers, Deep Purple, Metal he- Metal Heart by Accept, and uh, Nocturnal Fear by Celtic Frost. Um, but Celtically processed, the second one's called. What's up? It's not related. Go ahead, finish what you're talking oh. about, then I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. It's based then. on what you sent me. Oh, okay, cool. Got it. Anyway, so you can listen. It, there's... um. The new Dimu Borgia record's called um, Inspiratio Profanis. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Don't really care. Um, and I am admittedly not a Dimu Borgia fan. We've told this story before that we went and saw them live, and I was pretty excited about it. Uh, they were, it was, um, Lamb of God was the opening band. They played a very short set because 
that's all they should be allowed to play. Um, then it was The Haunted, back when Marco Aro was there, and it was awesome. Then it was Jimmy Burgier, then Cannibal Corpse. And first of all, Dimu was playing between The Haunted and Cannibal Corpse, who were both high-energy bands. And then they had like a 10-minute show intro, right? I would say like for like 10 minutes, they're standing here. Oh, and there's like smoke, and they're just standing there. We're going, dude, we were, we were ready to go before the band ever even played. And then it just became a night of a band who doesn't move, just standing there, not moving. It was just, we were bored to tears. But, look, this is like 21, 22 years ago. It's very likely a different story now. But we were really bored. And and I, I, I hate to say that I liked Dimu up till that point, but I was not a huge fan. And being bored to tears seeing him live just kind of... I don't know. It kind of just ruined the band for me. Uh, we we saw him. It was when Puritanical. Um, uh, uh, I gotta look. Hold on. Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia. That record. It was right when that album had just came out. We were playing it on the ro- on the um, on the radio. We used to play a song called Kings of the Car- Kings of the Carnival Creation. We used to play that song on a lot on the radio. It's a great song, and I liked them. But again, I saw them live, and I was like, eh, it kind of bored me, and. In total fairness, the band kind of just flew off the radar for me, which is kind of weird because the kind of black metal I like is more their style. You know, bands like Old Man's Child and Borknagar. And so I, I don't know. It's like I, I like other bands that sound like Dimu, but most of the time Dimu just doesn't really click with me. And it might just be biased from being from not liking when I saw them live. But again, one of our listeners asked, had I heard their new cover of Perfect Stranger, and I said, no, but what the hell, I'll listen to it. Dude, I think it's incredible. Like, I, the, the cover of, of Venom is cool, because it's just like a, it's just a good cover of the song, but their version of Perfect Strangers is really, really interesting, because they play the song, tr- you know, they play the song truthfully from the perspective of they're playing the the melody is there when it should be, and everything's where it should be, and that sort of thing. And it, fifty percent of it, sounds a lot like Deep Purple. And on the other half of it, though, they totally make it their own at the same time. The vocal, the 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 choice of how they do the vocals and when they do it, when they do it heavy, when they sing, when they do it really high, all the different types of vocals they put in it. Um, the, you know, that part, like they do it here where it's like, you know, it's it's like it's a syncopated double bass thing, which is not something I'm normally really into, but it fits perfectly in this song. I I give Dimu a hell of a lot of credit. I absolutely love this cover, absolutely love this cover. So thank you to our listener that messages us. Uh, I could I could look who it was, and I'm sorry that I don't remember. I believe it was um, Ian. I only don't remember because again, I don't. I don't really read me- our messages very often. Normally, it's it's Rex saying, "Hey, dude, you got a message for you," and I'm like, "Oh God, what did I do now?" Um, and uh, I'm just blanking, and I'm sorry, and that's horrible. But the anyway, I did listen to it. I, I think it's it's really really killer, and it. So my pick of the week is the new single by Dimu Borgir with their cover of Perfect Strangers. I'm hoping that. The rest of the album 
I'm hoping the rest of the album hooks me like that song did because that song absolutely makes me want to listen to Dimu. This is the, I'll put it this way. This is the first time since 2001 when Puritanical came out that I'm kind of excited to listen to some Dimu. So I'm going to go back and listen to a bunch of their stuff this week. Maybe it doesn't do anything for me again. Maybe it does. Um, I'm hoping it does because that would be really cool. Either way, I think it's a great cover. I think it is. It, it's right where it should be, where it's a, it's a faithful cover of the song, but also the band making it their own. That's hard to do. It's hard to do, I think, and uh, I do. I think I think they did a great job of it. It, it kind of reminds me in a lot of ways, like I really liked Borknagar's cover of "My Friend of Misery," and damn it, I'll go on record saying I like it better than the Metallica, like the original. Um, I, I really, really like Borknagar's cover of "My Friend of Misery." I like it so much more than the original, um, and that's not a knock on Metallica's because "My Friend of Misery" is you know the worst song on the Black Album. Just it really is. It's a cool bass solo, but the song was supposed to be an instrumental. Jason wrote it. He wrote the bass as an instrumental, and the band just decided to make a song out of it. And I don't think it worked. But anyway, again, I'm sorry. People are gonna hate me for it. And I don't don't care. But this cover is really cool. I would 100% check recommend checking it out. If you like Dimu, you'll like it anyway. Um, but if you're not into Dimu, but you 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 know the song Perfect Strangers, which is easily my favorite. Deep Purple song Ian Gillen ever sang. Like, easily my favorite one. Um, and I and I separate that because I'm a really big I'm a big fan of the song Burn, but that wasn't him. Um, that's the David Coverdale era. But anyway, so that's my point. Awesome cover. It's worth the five or six minutes. It's a it's a longer song. I want to say it's five or six minutes, but uh, well, that's a lot long for metal, but that would be long for you know pop music, I guess. So anyway, check it out. I liked it. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the record. And that's my pick <clears throat> anyway so real quick the you sent me a funny picture of tony sirico from the sopranos paulie paulie walnuts he was paulie walnuts yeah right so he's standing there on the beach wearing like pants tucked into boots but he's he's as somebody commented on the picture a belt and suspenders those pants aren't going anywhere and the person comments in underneath the man doesn't even trust his own pants <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that just got me. The man doesn't even trust his own pants. <laughs> I, I, the first comment, though, he was born, grew up, spent a few years in the army, a couple more in the can, and here he is, half a wise guy. I, I, I love that comment because that's what that's a quote that that um, Holly Walnut said about himself in the you know, in the Sopranos. But dude, you know what I, what I love about it is like he's he's the coolest. Like that, everybody there is probably like, dude, that's the coolest guy on the beach. <laughs> it's all confidence, man. You can wear you can wear pantaloons tucked into boots at the beach, including suspenders and a gigantic belt. And as long as you're confident, you'll be okay. And you can have your arm in a sling, like a, he's got his arm in the suspender if it's in a as if it's in a sling. It's he's, just awesome. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> hear what I said? Do you remember your first one? Oh God, man, Polly Walnuts was awesome. I, I, uh, he pointed. If, if you never watched he, the Sopranos, it's, it's the watching the Sopranos is worth your time. If you've never watched, he it. pointed cooler than anybody else on the show. Yep, yes, he, he did, did the metal sign when he pointed. 
He threw up the metal uh, horns every time he pointed. <laughs> don't give me, don't give me the Maloik. He actually says that at one point in time. The guy was um, an interior decorator. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. And that dude, it's because it's because Pine Barrens is everyone's favorite episode of that show. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's ever been a question. Well, wasn't it? He killed like twenty Albanians. He was an interior designer. <laughs> Ah, it's such a great episode. Such a great episode. You got the, the ketchup packets. It's so good. So good. If you're not a Sopranos fan, just watch it. It's 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 totally worth it. I, I'm assuming most people have at this point. But uh God, it's a great show. It's a great show and it's fun and it's 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 full of great characters. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a couple episodes that stink. Um <laughs> I hate to say it, but any episode that's centered around Christopher and Adriana is probably terrible. All of the episodes about them are terrible. It's so bad. So bad. The Christopher episodes are the worst. Um, the absolute worst one is, uh, what is it, D-Girl or something? Um, is that what it is? D-Girl. Yeah, it's the worst episode of Sopranos, hands down. But anyway, no one cares about that. So um, <laughs> we had some stuff we wanted to talk about, I think. Um, so... Why don't we, you know what? I, I'm highlighting it. I actually really want to. If we get to the other ones, we get to the other ones. But I really want to talk about this one. Do you see what I'm highlighting? Or not? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, this is uh, actually something I was going to say about the, uh, the 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 Elm Street album. But well, I'll go for it then. So, you know, there's a YouTuber, and I don't really want to put his name out there because I don't want to necessarily drive traffic. Not that, I mean, he's way bigger than us. So not that, you know, anything we say or do would impact his traffic one way or another. I mean, even if people did go check him out afterwards, you know, it would be a drop in the bucket. It'd be, you know, whatever. But, um, so, you know, there, there's those, there's those YouTube channels that do the metal stereotypes. Those I find freaking funny. Like, I, I think those are hilarious. Um, I, there's one YouTuber in particular. Now him, I don't mind saying, and I, but I honestly, I can't remember his name right now. He's the one that does, I think he's the same guy that does all of those. Like, I'm going to write a Slayer song in 15 minutes. You know, you ever see that before? Yeah. I think it's the same guy. He's hilarious. And like, dude, I have a complete sense of humor about like, you know, I have a complete sense of humor about like stereotypes and metal and stuff like that. I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. But every once in a while, you come across somebody who, you know, they they kind of take the humor and they're like, well, so this guy did like a reaction video to it, and I'm going to tie it into what you highlighted. So this did, and when I when we say highlighted, I'm, I'm talking about, we have, a, we have a note sheet today of things we would like to talk about. And he kind of like went like and took it to the next level. And the thing, the thing I have is like, I don't like the idea and it annoys the crap out of me when people and this guy wasn't joking around like this guy was actually providing like serious commentary. It's not like he was like, ha ha. Yeah, like I think the original video had something like death metal fans. They listen to death metal and then they, you know, they put on their Pokemon pajamas and like, you know, something like that. And I thought that was hilarious because whatever, you know. But then this other dude provides commentary and he's like, whoever, who still listens to death metal anymore? I don't even understand who listens to death metal. Like, you know, I think these guys all listen to death metal because they make, they think it makes them like hard asses and tough guys and stuff. And in actuality, they're just like, you know, big wusses. And, and, you know, I, I think that they, 
you know, I, I don't understand how anybody could, you know, I think they're all dorks and losers. And, and he was like being serious. He's like, you know, like people who collect like N64 games, like listen to death metal and, and you know, whatever there, there was, were really funny one where he said, every guy that listens to Grindcore probably has a VHS pornography collection. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I don't listen to Grindcore. I was I about to say, I don't remember Duff listening to Grindcore. <laughs> but he goes, he goes. The funny thing is, the guy that listens to Grindcore is not doesn't have a gigantic VHS porn collection because you know it's something he watches. It's he 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 hides it under the guise of preserving the art form. <laughs> like, well, that's I'm me like, too. I'm like, that sounds like Duff. But anyways, um. So anyways, you know, it got me thinking, like. You know, gotta I support, got to support the mattress actors, right? The mattress actors. I said I, there is a, there is a person I somehow came across on Insta, Instagram, though pun intended, uh, <laughs> where they had in their bio that they were a mattress actress. Yeah, and yeah, you came across her. Hit the one behind her. <laughs> and uh, no, I uh, and I uh, I sent that to I sent that to Duff, and I'm like, dude, I found the best term ever, mattress actress. Um, I said that'll be that'll be it'll be Duff and the Mattress Act. Yeah, that's going to be the name of your like solo album or whatever. Um, so you know, it, it, you know, and there's been a lot of commentary. You know, like, look, there's been a lot of talk about elitists and stuff and metal and things. And there's another YouTuber. Uh, again, I don't, I don't. I, if, if we want to mention his name, if it comes out, whatever. But you know, yeah. a lot of like the I, I I don't like to call people out, and I don't want it to seem like we're starting feuds or whatever because it's not like anybody would feud with a show our size. It, it would be it would probably it wouldn't be worth their time um but you know like it was another it was another commentator where it's are we, like are we gonna write it what, what's it called a diss track a diss track we're gonna write a diss track um but no the thing is like some of these guys i actually respect a lot of what they say which is another reason why i don't want to make it seem like i'm just crapping on them like i like a lot of what they have to say and a lot of them and and this this other guy not the first guy i was talking about this other guy in particular like he he does a lot for the metal community and stuff like that so you know meaning like you know, he, he, let's just say he does a lot and he's very involved in it. And it's not, not, I'm not saying this out of fear, like, or anything like that. I'm saying it more out of respect. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't want to seem like I'm crapping on him, but I do want to say that I disagree with him. So, you know, there was a one video I was watching where, you know, I remember it was Tomb Mold recently came out and they, they were on a cover a of Decibel band, Magazine. What's that? A great band, by the way. Yeah, they are. And I, and a lot of people were criticizing him because the cover of Decibel, and I'm going to look this up. I want to look at the actual cover, um, just so I, uh, um, I'm going to look it up. Let me see here. Yeah. So this is a big deal. Like, and, I, and we missed the boat on this, by the way. Um, we missed the boat on this, meaning I, I don't, I, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say we missed the boat because again, I don't really care, but meaning this happened like months ago. This happened like in September. So they, they. They, you know, two molds on the cover of Decibel magazine. They're wearing shorts, and I mean, like, cut off jean shorts and gym shorts. Um, and and when I say cut off shorts, I'm talking like, you know, 1975. I'm going to the beach and I want to look sexy, like, but I'm a dude too, like cut off jean shorts. <laughs> like, right, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Like not like, not like. Oh, I've got an old pair of jeans and they have holes in the knees. I'm just gonna finish the job. Like I'm talking like this dude like said. You know, like I want the anti new metal, <laughs> you know. So, and a resident about again, I'm not making fun of him. One dude's wearing a Resident Evil two shirt. The other dude's wearing like a cartoon guy. It kind of looks like the uh, Dece- uh, uh, is it the Descendants punk band? But it kind of looks like that. Um, you know, but it's not that. But I, I don't know. Either way, 
Like I'm looking at this picture and I'm just like, all right, they're cool. But you know, but everybody blew up about this. Like I remember like this cover, everybody was like flipping out. Like, why are they wearing that? Like, dude, they're, they look like they just like came back from the beach. Like you got dudes in gym shorts and cut off jeans and, um, uh, you know, and, and like you got the one dude, the one dude's wearing a Resident Evil. Two. Yeah, he's wearing a Resident Evil Two shirt. Like, what's up with this? Like, that's not what you wear. And the only thing I could think was, who cares? And you and I have had discussions about this a lot, and we've said Anthrax was one of those bands that used to wear this type of stuff. They would come out on stage wearing Ninja Turtle shirts, wearing Jam shorts, and we always said we are at least we didn't say we always wondered like. If they would have come out like Metallica in bullet belts and jeans and Venom shirts, you know, would they have been taken more seriously amongst the big four? Um, We've always wondered that. But then again, you and I have always said one of the things we liked most about Anthrax is their personality came out in the band. And they weren't just like, here's what we have to look like. Here's what we have to dress like. Here's the only shirts that are approved by the metal community of 1985. Here are the set, you know, we can only wear jeans. Uh, And this, this YouTube commentator even said, you shouldn't even be wearing shorts at all. And I'm thinking to myself, like, the boss doesn't wear shorts. Yeah, the boss doesn't wear shorts. So another Sopranos reference, uh, which was actually proven false. He said he talked to a real mob guy, and he said, like, what are you talking about? The boss doesn't wear shorts. If it's hot, you wear shorts. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, like, are you know, are people really concerned about this stuff? Like, I don't wake up in the morning and go to my closet and pick out a T-shirt thinking to myself, like, oh, my God if I find myself in a situation where I bump into somebody who listens to my podcast or bump into somebody in a Slayer shirt, am I going to be judged? I don't do that. I grab a freaking shirt off the top of the pile, whether it's Venom or Venom, meaning Venom the band or Venom the comic book character, whether it's, you know, Dead Kennedys or X-Men, whether it's, you know what, I don't care. Like, I've got shirts that, like, are comic books. I've got shirts that are bands. You know, it's, and, and, you know, I don't, I, I just, is that that big of a deal? Like, I hate that whole idea of you can't wear this. You ha- if you're on stage, you have to dress like this. You have to look like that. It just bugs me, you know? It's like the antithesis of everything that it's supposed to be. And, and I remember punks in the 70s and 80s ran into the same thing. And I think this is this isn't something new. Like it's not like I discovered new fertile ground of oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. This always has been happening in metal. But you know, punks in particular, punks used to dress the way they dressed because it oh, it made them look different and outlandish. But then eventually it got to the point of where if you were punk, you had to dress a certain way. So it stopped being I want to express myself in a weird and creative way and started being, well, this is how you have to dress if you're a punk. So I'm thinking to myself, like, if two mo- and and you you even said you just Googled two mold decibel magazine and you came up with like 20 videos of guys like completely just trashing them. Like, I think it's stupid. Like, I think it's dumb, and that's one reason why I never even commented on it. Like when this came out, I re- I saw those videos of guys being like, "Is this okay?" And I thought to myself, "Why wouldn't it be?" Like, it's just dumb. I don't know. What do you? I mean, what do you think? You've been you've been qu- you've been alarmingly quiet. <laughs> No, I, I I don't think it matters. Like, okay, 
if you're going to have poofy pink hair and vape, I'm going to make fun of you. But you're also not going to say you can't be in a metal band. I'm making fun of you for vaping. The fact that you're in a metal band has nothing to do with it. (laughs) But you're also saying, but that's the thing. There's a difference between teasing somebody like if i was to say oh that dude play re- plays resident evil that game freaking sucks like only losers play resident evil there's a difference between saying that and and i i don't even know resident evil 2 I, I the last resident evil game i played was the first one for gamecube but there's a difference between saying oh losers play resident evil and well i can't believe that this guy is in a death metal band he can't wear that shirt if he's in a death metal band it's stupid <laughs> you know like, look, we n- not most people in bands do not get up at eleven o'clock at night to have to pee and make sure their face paint is on before they walk down to the bathroom because <laughs> there might be someone peeping through their windows and catch them without their makeup on, right? Like I, I always joke around about Doyle. And how he does that, right? Yeah, he wakes up in the middle of the night to crap, and he has to do his makeup first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever. But my point is, most people don't do that. So, you, <laughs> we can't expect, we can't expect, like, like, oh, you can't wear that. I'm at Target, man. Why can't I wear it? <laughs> you know? Like, what? why can't you wear that? To me... My answer is 100% it depends. Why do I say it depends? Not because I think you can or can't wear something. It, to me, is all part of what is it your band is going for? Are you is, Is the costume part of it or not? Is the costume part of it or not, right? Slipknot has been a lot in the news a lot lately. Well, they're always in the news, but Slipknot's been in the in the news lately. Yeah, I'm curious what it, does Corey Taylor think about this. I don't know, but <laughs> if 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 Slipknot got up on stage and tried to do a concert without their masks and costumes on, it wouldn't work. <laughs> it right? reminds me of that story about Brian Johnson when he went out on stage without his hat and everybody booed him. And he went to Angus. He goes, what's going on, mate? Like, why are they booing me? He goes, dude, it's your hat. And he put his hat on and went back out on stage and everybody cheered. It's Well, it's true, you know? I, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's true. My point is, well, and actually, there's that famous story about Twisted Sister, about how they yeah. this was like 10 years ago when they were supposed to play a concert and they they ended up getting to the show late and none of their attire was there and they ended up being like the only way we can play is if we run out on stage just in jeans and t-shirts without any makeup or doing anything and it was the first time in their whole career they had done it and the crowd loved it so like oh i guess we can do this now so i i get it and dude we talk about kayfabe right so the one half the equation is this it's whatever your band is going for yeah, okay. If you are Dimu Borgir and you get up on stage in, you know, uh, shorts and a, you know, a white t-shirt 
it's probably going to ruin the mood. It's probably going to ruin the gimmick, and it's probably going to hurt the show. Do I think, however, the members of Dimu Borgir are not allowed to wear that <laughs> off stage? That's stupid. Excuse me, I have to put on my bedtime leather and spikes. <laughs> yeah, let me put on my <laughs> bedtime leather. First of all, like I, I've seen Two Mold. They're good. They're re- they're actually really good. If you don't know who Two Mold is, they're kind of a modern autopsy. Their drummer is the vocalist. They're very autopsy-like. But, dude, look at the guy. First of all, for, like, look at the cover of them on Decibel. Don't look at what they're wearing at all. Like, are you looking at the picture? Yeah. Just don't even, don't look shoulder down on any of those guys. Would you ever believe those guys weren't nerds? No. Do you know how phony it would look if those guys tried to not look like nerds? They look like nerds. Well, and the thing they're, and- they're so fine. I, I, dude, have you heard two mold? They're heavy as hell. If if that's dude, if they're just up on stage wearing shorts and t-shirts, who damn cares? I don't care. I, again, I'm all dude, I'm all for stage. I'm all for your stage. Your I'm all for the costume. Whatever the costume is, I'm all for it. If your band, if, if if the costume is part of it, then I say do it. The look is part of it. I don't think the guys in two mold care that much. Not to mention they're younger. I, I don't know how old they are, but they look younger than us. I've, I really do. I have no idea how old these guys are, but they look younger than us. Dude, Dave Davidson from Revocation wears like cut off super like super cut off jean shorts like on stage and i'm sorry but like uh, this one's funny he he's, by the way the 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 the, the bass player like I'm, I'm the bass player is the guy with the long hair and the, the mustache i'm looking at a picture of him the guitar player is wearing a ghost in the shell shirt so he's got an anime shirt and the bass player is wearing a throwing copper t-shirt What, what, what and, picture is this? And anybody who says they were alive in the '90s and didn't own that album and like it is lying. What what <laughs> what, what 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 picture is this you're seeing? It's I'll show you. Hold on. I mean, is this a different picture of Tomb Mold? Yeah, it's just a different picture. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Now I thought you were talking about because I thought you were still talking about the Decibel Magazine tour or no, the Decibel no, no, Magazine no, no. covers. I'm like, it's just, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Am I seeing something different here? No, sorry. It's just a, um. It, it was it was a link to the article that had okay yeah I see the, I see the picture you're talking about now okay go ahead I was like yeah he's wearing a live throwing copper shirt it's like okay I I will tell you though it's another one man listen just listen to two mold listen to two mold and try to be like ah they're not metal yeah pretty sure they are <laughs> pretty sure they're good at it too I'm pretty sure those guys practiced um I mean I. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll also I will also say this I will also say this in fairness we're in our we're in our early forties we are in our early forties and admittedly this is a different conversation than maybe we would have had when we were eighteen and I don't know even that though is hard to say though again 
I talk about kayfabe, but we lived in the era of kayfabe. See, we lived we, in the era of you had to you had to do it. I remember yeah, Anthrax did, but most bands wouldn't have done it then. In the nineties, they wouldn't have. And I remember like everybody made such a big and I again I I I read this. It's not something I lived. I read that a lot of people made a big deal out of Scott Ian wearing a public enemy shirt on stage. Because yeah. I and I remember reading again, like this is all I wasn't around when when this he was in his heyday of doing this. I was still like well, you I know, saw I saw that anthrax in public. <laughs> Did you catch that together, one together, man? You catch that one, G? No, but I I saw that like people made a big deal out of it because it wasn't you know. But then they toured together. Like here's the thing. Like again, like I I don't know. Like you're right in the in the like kayfabe is dead. Like the fact that um you know like. Look at look at the, a lot of the bands that tried to keep this up. Slipknot for a long time they wouldn't do pictures or anything without their masks on. Eventually everybody, through whatever means, saw everybody without their masks on. So they're like, well, this is just stupid. Like there's pictures of us out in the internet without our masks. It takes two seconds to find out a picture of what we look like. So why don't we just, you know, forego yeah, this? Corey, you're in another band. Yeah, <laughs> like why don't we just forego this? Like. And then Joey Jordison was in another band, you know. Yeah, well, they, they were, you know, and and they're like, well, we'll still do it when we're on stage, but otherwise, who cares? Everybody knows what we look like. Um, you know, Again, ghost, perfect sense, ghost, like you know, for a long time, like Tobias Forge, kind of managed to keep the fact that he was the guy behind Ghost under wraps. Like people suspected it, but no one confirmed it. Sooner or later, he had he got sued by his old bandmates, and he had to like take his mask off. Like in today's society, it's impossible to hide who you really are, even if you literally go through steps to do so. So I just don't understand it. Like, are these guys literally supposed to say I've got to throw out all my Resident Evil and Ghost in the Shell shirts because somebody might see me one day? Well, yeah, I mean the question the question is this: Is that because that's just how the guys dress? If that's the case, look, if that's what the guys wear on a normal day-to-day -day basis and you're making fun of them for it, you're an idiot. Oh, man. Yo, could you imagine what, what would happen? Oh, my gosh. What would happen if one of those guys was wearing a a jersey for his favorite team? Well, that's another thing. That same person. No, no, no. That same person who we're talking about actually said wearing sports jerseys is stupid, too. Again, I don't care. Like, it seems dumb. Like Kerry King used to wear a Raiders jersey on stage, like in, in in live. And Jeff Hanneman wore jam shorts. Jeff Hanneman used to wear Raiders shirts. Like he he had a Raiders sticker on his shorts. guitar and jam shorts. Like he used to wear jam shorts on stage before he started wearing leather pants with catchers, <laughs> with and, baseball and can we, can we catchers like pads. Like and none of these are as dumb as Kerry King's sunglasses. Here, that don't fit his head. Here's the thing that I don't understand. I'm not, by the way, I'm not talking about Kerry King's cool sunglasses. From the the like late eighties, early nineties, <laughs> I'm talking green about ones. His, like I tried to find those. They're like two hundred bucks. I'm talking about his tiny um, the ones. He doesn't take the ones that are permanently glued to his head. Yeah, and they, they well, they, they yeah, they look glued to his head because because he doesn't take them off like, ever. Yeah, it's like it's like Scott Summers, you know. It kind of makes sure they're completely against his head. <laughs> so no, and th that's another thing though. What's dumber? And dude, and, by the way, I have I I own two pairs of Oakleys. These are the dumbest I've ever seen. Let, let me ask you a question, though. Let me ask you a serious question. What's yeah. dumber? And I'm going to use Jeff Eric Hanneman. As, by the way, oh. I have nothing but love for Jeff Hanneman. I know. I the guy. He's one of my all-time favorite guitar players. 
He's one of my biggest influences on guitar. You know, even if not like my style of playing, definitely like the he got me into like a lot of punk I listened to just by looking at the stickers on his guitar when I was a teenager. Right. Um. So I'm not making fun of Jeff when I say this, but what's stupider? Jeff walking out in a pair of jam shorts or Jeff walking out in a pair of leather pants with catcher's knee and shin pads over them. Okay, the knee and shin pads I just didn't understand. But that's what I'm talking about. Like the the jam shorts or whatever or like the the pajamas that he would wear. I get it, dude. It's comfortable and it's hot on stage. Like, yeah, you're not going to hear me complaining. You know. But, but, but what but I'm like, saying is what is dumber? Like coming out in a pair of shorts like whatever kind of pair of shorts or like literally saying I need to get to the sports store because I need some catcher's pads to put over my leather pants. I just don't, yeah, but I don't get it. I don't, well, I don't that, but that's it. what I'm saying. That neither one of them that. look as stupid as when Carrie King would wear the like 15 inch spikes on his arms. Like that just looks stupid. Well, and I will, I will say this about Carrie King. I will give him this much credit. He, he, somebody asked him one time, like, why do you wear those giant chains off, off your belt? And so, and he actually, and his reasoning was actually very cool. He says, I play a flying V guitar. So literally like all of my guitar is off to one side. He goes, I felt like I looked dumb without something being on the other side. So he goes, one day I just saw some chains and I decided to hang chains from my belt so that when I'm playing my guitar, something's like kind of there on the other side to balance me out. And I was like, you know, actually that kind of makes sense. No, I mean, nothing makes more sense than when Kerry King said, I realized I looked dumb. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> he goes, well, I went to, get, the, I went to I go get some tattoos, and I realized I looked dumb <laughs> afterwards. So, no, but, I mean, I, he didn't say he looked dumb, but he said he kind of felt, like, weird because, you know, with playing a flying V, he kind of felt like he was only... I don't know. He felt like half his body was, like, not in front of behind a guitar or something. So he said he he put something on the other side to kind of balance that. And yeah, I was like, I, I, I can don't understand. Under, I don't that. understand the. I don't understand the catcher knee pads. Yeah, but that. But that's. But that's. I'm literally asking you a question. Like, you know, if you saw a dude get out on shorts and another dude wearing sports gear for no, like, what if I came out in my goalie leg pads and just started playing guitar? Would you be like, oh, dude, that's so freaking metal? Or would you be like? What the hell is he doing? <laughs> I would I would literally go, what the hell is this guy doing? That's what I'm saying. Like, so you you're gonna tell somebody that, wow, wearing those shorts is so stupid, but those catchers knee pads, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> like, is he afraid he's gonna have to stop a baseball like in the middle of a show? Like So look, and again, I'm not making fun of Jeff. And Hanneman did explain that one time. He goes, he literally, like, his only answer was somebody somebody asked him, like, why do you wear the knee pads? And he goes, I don't know, I thought they look cool. So like I get it, like you know he was like oh you know, he did it once and he was he, he probably did it once it was like well if I stop doing it now I'm just gonna look dumb <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but I mean I don't you know I don't know I thought see that's the thing though I thought Hanneman looked the coolest like if you want to ask me like what is my what do I remember Jeff Hanneman looking like. I don't remember Jeff Hanneman standing there wearing leather, wearing oversized leather pants with catcher's knee pads. I remember Jeff Hanneman standing there in a long sleeve black shirt with his with his Jackson guitar covered in like the punk stickers with like Johnny Rotten and the black flag and the Raiders logo wearing a pair of jam shorts like that is how because that is like, I don't know, maybe it's divine intervention Hanneman. 
or Seasons in the Abyss Hanneman. So that's how I remember him. It Later on in his career is when he started doing the like leather pants and the, the knee guards. Yeah, like I, I'm looking at these like knee guards and I'm just thinking to myself like, why? Like I, you just sent me a picture of him and I'm just thinking to myself yep. like, he doesn't look cool. And again, I'm not like trying to rag on the guy. I think it was a Jackson. Maybe it was an LT ESP. I think we had a few. He was he was a big ESP guy, but I can't remember if when I'm picturing him was a Jackson or ESP. I can't remember if he ever played Jackson even actually. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, and I'm not making fun of Jeff because, dude, again, no, no, nothing but love for Jeff. Like the dude literally wrote some of the most quintessential legendary riffs you know in what, heavy metal. Let's say this though. I mean, in total fairness, Carrie King and Jeff Hanneman Hanneman both looked they both kind of looked awkward regardless of what they were wearing. You know, they just kind of did. Um Jeff, because Jeff either looked like a goober or a guy who was trying too hard. And Carrie yeah, King well, always looked like a guy who was trying but, too but hard. But that's the thing. When Jeff looked like a goober, I was like, dude, this you know, because here's here's the funny thing. I'm trying to remember what, what show it was, but like it was you you you'd see Jeff looking like a goober and you'd look at Jeff and you'd almost say there's got to be a reason he's there. You know what I mean? Cuz you'd have Kerry King who's the look and you'd get it, right? You'd be like, "Okay, right. Kerry King's the look, that's why he's there." So you're thinking to yourself, "Jeff's got to be the brains." You know what I mean? Cuz you're thinking to yourself like Jeff looks like the biggest goober in the world. He obviously is a punk. And you're thinking to yourself and, and then you find out like, "Oh, he's the guy that writes all the good songs." <laughs> <laughs> right See, the picture i'm that's the picture i can never the, the picture of jeff hanneman i can't unsee is from show no mercy well dude when give him holding a, an upside down cross next to his guitar and you're going so how are you playing man dude dude <laughs> well you know it's funny uh, i think it was his wife his wife currently has um an instagram and she's been posting a lot of like memorabilia she's been going through all of his old stuff and she's been posting some of those. And she literally said, like, she commented something on this, like, she thinks it's a silly picture. I think that was, I, I, I remember her bringing this picture up recently saying it was silly. Um, but yeah, I mean, give them a break, dude. This was like their very no, 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 first no, no. album. Just, They're trying to establish I, I, a look, you know, like. I, I pick on them for that photo solely because I'm like, I'm thinking, you're playing guitar and you're like, oh, wait, you're going to take a photo. Hand me the cross. You know, it's just it's it's funny because it's a weirdly it's an oddly staged photo is all I mean. Mm. That's all I mean by it. It's just an oddly staged photo because there's no way there's no way to take the picture while playing guitar. It's just it's just a silly photo. It's just a silly photo. That that's just that's it. Like I'm I'm always gonna picture Jeff Jeff Hanneman like seriously wearing either a Raiders jersey. Or like an oversized like black long sleeve t shirt and shorts, like that's gonna be Hanneman. Like I don't know. I just think the I was thought because I always thought the catcher's pads look kind of ridiculous. Like it almost I don't even know whatever. But I don't know. It's it's Jeff. Whatever you're gonna do, it's you know? Jeff. Like, it's Jeff. It's Jeff. I mean, Jeff is always gonna be Jeff, and he's he's gonna be a legend. You know, long after people always forgot who the hell I I am. So, um, but I, I actually am gonna. I'm I'm I'm. You know what? This this whole conversation has officially put the nail. I'm going to Hell's Headbangers. I'm gonna order that that they have a T-shirt of the Hanneman that looks like the Heineken logo, and it says Thrash Metal. And it's a tribute shirt. Yeah, I'm just gonna put in the order. I'm just gonna do it right now. No, I need to. I need to put in my order. I forgot to do that. I haven't done that yet. Uh, I was gonna buy new leg pads, but you know what? This takes precedence. I got a bunch of records that I wanted to buy. 
and I have them sitting in my cart, and I haven't done that yet, so I need to do that. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I got to buy another Tish album. The they the uh, the Tony Martin albums by Black Sabbath are um are finally coming out on vinyl. They're imports, already, so yeah, I, I would grab those before they yeah, sell out. I'm going to yeah. I just started sitting in my cart. I forgot to buy them. I own Tear, which is uh, good that I own it because that's not one of the ones that they're redoing. But they well, are yet. redoing um, Cross Purposes, Headless Cross, and Forbidden. I think it's those three. I know one's Forbidden. I know one is uh, Headless Cross. So I'm pretty sure Cross Purposes is the other one. But anyway, those are coming out. I'm looking kind of. Uh, I'm looking forward to those. I, lo- I love those albums, and I don't care how many people don't. I do. So more more for me, less for you, uh, and that sucks. Um, so. What were we? Oh, 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 oh. So, um, here was a question that I stumbled upon. So, I'm gonna, I didn't put any thought into this going into this. So, we're, we're, I'm gonna be putting us both on the spot. I don't know if you thought about this, I didn't think about it yet. But I, I stumbled upon something on Reddit, uh, accidentally. And, like, literally, I, I, I use Reddit for like Baldur's Gate 3 stuff and, um, something came up and was recommended, and I read it. And the question was, metal bands, or I mean, it could be rock bands, I guess, too, that have never put out a weak album. That have never put out a weak album. And I was curious, how many bands, without prepping this, again, we're not prepping this, how many bands you and I can think of that we could legitimately say have never put out a weak album. Now, the problem with this this is it gets really difficult if the band has a bunch of albums. And I don't think it's fair if the band only has, you know, oh, the Sex Pistols never put out a bad album. Well, okay. Their one album, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, so it's really not fair if the band doesn't have much material out. But is there any band that that put out more than let's say like two or three albums that never put out a weak one. I don't even mean bad one, but how many bands never put out a weak album? This is ridiculously hard. The the most common answer I saw was Bolt Thrower and no one was wrong who said that. Nobody was wrong who said that. Now, in fairness with Bolt Thrower, their first yeah, two albums maybe in Battle There Is No Law and um, and Realm of Chaos, like their first two albums, maybe you could say were weaker only because, you know, they're not recorded as well. And it was the, it was death metal in the late 80s. But dude, in total fairness, they're really good albums. So that would be one of those, maybe they're not as good as all their other stuff. Maybe, or I don't know, maybe they are, but... Um, I, I would I would not say they're weak albums because hell they were great albums, especially considering in 1988 death metal was a pretty new thing. Um, but I would 100% agree, Bolt Thrower, and uh, they don't have a ton of albums, but they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They've got at least eight albums, and they're all killer. So what's the criteria? That is hard, dude. What's that? What's the criteria? Oh, no, it's just a band that has more than a couple of albums that you would say none of them are weak. There's not really a criteria. Hmm. I would well, say if a band only has two albums, it's really stupid to mention them. You, they don't have any weak albums because they only put out two is silly. 
But is there any band who you could say has a legitimate discography that nothing on it is weak? I mean, mm. look, dude, like you and I could say that we like every ACDC album, but we would be kidding ourselves mm, if we said they didn't no. have a couple of weak records. I, I can honestly have a say I'm records. not a big fan of, of Flick of the Switch, so. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I could even say I don't dislike the album per se, but it's weak. For those about to rock, we salute you as a weak album. I don't dislike it, but I also don't like it, so. For those about to rock, we salute you as a great title. Track, I got one. A weak album. I got one. Okay. Wheeler Walker Jr. Well, okay. <laughs> I had to do it. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Very much. I'm scrolling down through. Like, So let me ask you a question. Okay. A band like Cannibal Corpse, what do you think of that? Do I think they have a weak album? Like, I'd say there are definitely albums I care about more than others, but I would never say any of their albums were not good. Now, there are albums, I like I said, that I don't really care about as much as others. Yeah. But I, I would never I say, like, oh, they released a piece of uh, a turd here, you know? I don't think they ever did. I don't think they ever released a turd. I mean, look, you and I have talked about how, like, Butchered at Birth was weaker compared to the albums that came after But it. I like Butchered. I like but, Butchered But, first of all, I like Butchered at Birth. And secondly, it's not a weak album. See, here's... It's a weak... Okay. Butchered at Birth is a weak album when you put it next to their discography. It's not a weak album when you realize the band had only been around for, like, two years. Gotta remember, Cannibal Corpse had not been around long when they put their first album out. They were a new band. They were Cannibal Corpse was were members of three bands that were popular. One was Tyrant Sin, one was Leviathan, and there was another one, and I'm blanking on what it is. But anyway, Cannibal Corpse was essentially a Buffalo supergroup, meaning it was the 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 the, the lead members of three bands came together and started a band, and they were not around long when they started putting records out. So, yeah, I don't love Butchered at Birth as much as I love the ones that come after it, but, dude, it's not a weak See, album. See, but I do. That's the difference. Yeah, but it's still, but even still, though, it's not a weak album. For me to say a weak album, it's not like their earlier records weren't as good as they became later. I don't think that's called putting on a weak album. But see, but I, I like, yeah. see, that's the thing. I like songs like Gutted, and I like, I, I sure. like that album. I don't think they have a weak album. We have talked before about how neither one of us are huge fans of Vile. I don't think it's a weak album at all. I think it's anything but a weak album. Yeah, I mean, it's different when you compare, the, like you said, it's different when you compare the discography to itself and say, like, this is weaker than everything else versus saying this is a turd. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, every, every band is not, I mean, dude, no, every band is not going to have a you, discography that everything is equally as good as everything else. Yeah, it's it's like you know? it's impossible to like look at a band's discography and say everything's equally as good in my opinion. Um like even Pantera, like you know, you 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 would have been able to do that if they wouldn't have released Reinventing the Steel cuz I find Reinventing the Steel to be a really weak album. I it and what's funny I is think it's a pile of crap. I don't think it's that, but I will no, I say think, well, this. Well, me, but, I think it's but, terrible. But I will say this too. I've talked to people before who say that's their favorite album, but why was it their favorite album? It's because that was the first time they ever heard them. Like younger people, like people who are younger than I am. So, like you talk about how you bought Far Beyond Driven when it came out, 
Like, I remember hearing Pantera. The first album I bought was Vulgar Display of Power, not when it came out. Um, but that's the first album I bought by them. Um, but I, but you know, it's funny cause I remember I knew about Pantera long before reinventing the steel came out. Cause there was a big gap in between great son and kill and reinventing the, yeah, steel. the band had essentially kind of almost broken up. Right. Right. And they, they released official live 101 proof in between there broken and they were touring the word. The band was kind of on an unofficial hiatus. Right. And they were, they, you know, they were, they were releasing, you know, like I said, 100, 101 proof official live came out. Um, they were they were touring a bunch. They were really heavily touring for a long time. Um, but then, um, you know, if they wouldn't have released that album, I would have said Pantera. Yeah, and again, you know, I and, and but and I will always maintain that I am not one of those d bags that has to remind everybody, oh, well, they had albums before Cowboys from Hell. Which, first of all, none of them are bad albums. But secondly, I don't care. It might be, it might be. Mostly, well, I mean, Phil, you know, wasn't on Terry Glaze. He was on. He was on but, power metal, but right. But I mean, you could say it's the same members, but and you could say they use the same name, but it was not the same band. So sorry, it just yeah. Wasn't I mean, the same there, band. You, you, you know, it's a big difference. I mean, look, if they would have renamed themselves, we would have said, oh, it's a different band. They chose the same name. They were known by the same name. And the bottom line is this: I, you know. I challenge you to prove to me that you knew who the hell Pantera was if you did not live in the Dallas, Texas area in nineteen ninety one in nineteen in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. If you did not live in the Dallas, Texas area in nineteen eighty nine, I challenge you to tell me you knew who the hell Pantera was. I, I mean, you no, may, and I'm not going to say that, I'm not saying that no one out there did. I'm not saying, oh, you know, because somebody could have heard of them. Somebody could have. So it's possible. But your average person, because, and the reason I say this is because they weren't touring the world. They weren't selling millions of albums. So anybody that comes to me and says, oh, no, I was a huge fan of power metal. Fine. You were the exception. And and this isn't like, a, the, the difference is too, this is not like a No Life to Leather where like, I liked Metallica and I, I heard No Life to Leather. This is different. This is a band that completely built, rebuilt themselves from the ground up. Um, now, Power Metal has some moments, but still, Cowboys from Hell and Power Metal are two different bands. Um, if I listened to them, I'd say maybe they have the same guitar player. I would not assume that the rest of the band was the same. But anyways, either way, we're not we're here to talk about other things. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, even Coroner. Coroner, again, the same thing. I would have said Coroner if it wasn't for Grin. Because Grin... And, and I'll be honest with you, I listened to Grin only a handful of times. I was not a terribly huge fan of it. And it's a very divisive album because Grin is their last album. And up until I heard Grin, I was like, I would have said the same thing. And it's, it's sometimes this is something with last albums where a band is, they're just trucking along. They're going on like a full speed ahead, like charge. And then next thing you know, boom. They hit their last album when, you know, things aren't going so good or they're getting bored or they want to change. And usually that last album leads to, well, the band didn't really want to do this type of thing. So they're going in different directions. But I would have said Coroner, except for Grin. Some people think Grin's their best album. I don't like it very much. I own it. I don't like it very much. Um, I'm trying to think. Man, what was Grin is an album I literally bought, so I had all their albums. 
trying to think. When was the last time I listened to that band? I mean, that album. Um, God, I don't remember. I like Mental Vortex. I, that's just the record. I My go-to for that album is Mental Vortex, and I know I'm not... Punishment I'm, I'm for Decadence is my favorite. I, I'm I'm probably not speaking in the majority here, but Mental Vortex is my corner album. It's my go-to. Mental Vortex uh, is like, generally considered to be their most popular. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Sentex no More Color and Mental like, Vortex, from what I understand, are generally considered to be their most popular. Semtex Revolution is such a good album, such a good song that that's kind of my. Uh, but it's also the album that it's that's the album that made me like them too. So there's that. Um, so okay, like the band Death doesn't have any weak albums. I don't think they do. I, I think well, there's a natural <laughs> there's a progression, and I I would say with the band Death, I do not even get into that band before. I mean, before human, like I just don't. And I'm the opposite. I like and I know you're the bloody opposite. gore, we, like leprosy, I like spiritual healing. I like the things that came after, but for me, it's so. And and that's the difference between you and I a lot. Scream, bloody gore, leprosy, and spiritual healing had more of that. And it's gonna sound stupid to say this because they were pioneers of the sound. It had more of that old school meat and potatoes death metal sound. Whereas once you started getting into human. And symbolic, which well, symbolic yeah. kind of has the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Well, um, because with human, once human hit is when they, when yeah, when they started he started hiring prog. like, yeah, he started hiring mega musicians, right? And that's you the know, thing. When he, You're when a he big hired prog like Sean Reinert and and um, you know, and those as Gene Hoagland says, when he started, when they hired those jazzy cats, you know, um, when he started well, hiring like schooled musicians to be in the band, it was different. But I will say this though. Does anybody think they have a weak album? Oh, no. No, I don't think well, anybody... I mean, again, again, for me, I don't listen to their first three albums. <laughs> I'll say this much. My opinion on death is if you if you dare... Even, even if you do think so, if you dare to say so, you will be excommunicated from the metal community. And that's not my words. That's the feeling I get. Like, I dare you to criticize well, Chuck like, Schuldner in the metal community. Dude, I openly. don't listen to the first two albums, like, pretty much at all. Spiritual Healing is the album that I start with, but even then, I pretty much jump to Human. And and I had all of their albums up through Symbolic on cassette. You know, I, I only I only had Sound of Perseverance on CD because it came out in 98. But I had all the other ones on cassette. And I... But my point is, now... You could argue, maybe, may, I would also argue that most people are probably not equal fans of the Death discography for the simple fact of the band changed a lot from album to album, and they changed a lot over time. The band who put out The Sound of Perseverance versus the band who put out Scream Bloody Gore do not sound like the same band. The vocals aren't even the same. They're not, they're, you know what I mean? Like, there's very little in common. So I could see someone being like, I like this part more. You know, like, I, dude, actually, I, well, it's probably down the middle. I mean, I know loads of people who are just like, dude, I don't like that band where they got, when they turned into a prog band. And me, I'm going, I like them as a prog band, but their early stuff, I respect it, but I don't get into it. Like, it just doesn't do much for me. Like, okay. Like, I, I understand what it is for what it is. You know, like, I'll never say a bad word about Scream Bloody Gore. That being said, though, people's complaint with, with death would just be they like certain eras over others. 
They certainly didn't. I don't think they they hit a they hit a weak spot. By the way, I think the band Nevermore is another one. I think Nevermore did nothing but just get better over time. I I I n- not to say not to say necessarily they're they had peaks and valleys like any band, but I I, I mean when you look at Nevermore, right? I mean the 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 original Nevermore album is good. Politics of Ecstasy, like, holy crap. That album's amazing. Jim Neon Black's amazing. Then Dead Heart and the Dead World, to me, is their best record by a lot. But even still, though, like, Enemies of Reality, this godless endeavor, and the, the, the Obsidian Conspiracy, they're all really good albums. I would say the, the, um, the last one, the Obsidian Conspiracy, is my least favorite. But God, I would not call it weak. But again, that's another band who I could see someone being like, I really don't get into them until Dead Heart or Enemies of Reality because they were a lot, you know, the sound was a little different. But I don't think that band ever really, you know, hit anything weak. I don't think they did. I mean, look, like, okay, could you make the case that that Dio never put out a weak album? Maybe, Mm, but the problem with Dio... And again, dude, I, I obviously I'm never gonna say anything bad about Dio. I'm I've got him tattooed on my arm. I'm, but let's be fair. Can you compare the second half of Dio's solo career to the first? No. Do you know what I mean? He went from he went from four whatever four or five three or four. Uh, whatever ones angry really machines. Like. Yeah, angry machines. I don't like. Um, Angry Machines you're, you're is definitely a weak album. I'm not into it. Um, no one. I'm not is. into it though because it was like it was trying too hard to be 1996. No one's into Angry Machines. That album generally gets crapped on universally. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Well, then, then I'm not alone um, in not liking that record. Um, I still own it on vinyl. <laughs> I still what, what I made felt me think obligated. of this was what made me think of this is the other day. Well, I saw that, but what what made me want to talk about it this week particularly was um armored saint who has a weak album is uh is is going on tour uh opening for queensreich and i'm gonna go see them in rochester and it is an off night for queensreich so armored saint is headlining which is awesome i was pretty excited about it i've seen queensreich with todd latore a few times i think three maybe four and i was like all right cool i've, I've seen queensreich a bunch of times i'm perfectly happy to see uh i think i've seen him four times yeah, I've seen them four times with Todd Latour. So I was like, I don't need to see them a fifth time. I'd rather see Armored Saint headline. That's cool. Fine with me. But then I found out that on this tour, Queensryche is playing the original EP and the album Warning in their entirety. And then I was like, oh, damn. That would be really cool. Because, first of all, the original... Um, the original Queensryche EP, right? Most people, if you're not like a hardcore Queensryche fan, most people, when you think of that record, you're going to think of the title track, Queen of the Reich. Well, not really the title track, but the song Queen of the Reich. Which, thing is, though, they play that every night with Todd Latore because that's the song that made them hire him because he could sing it. Got to remember, Todd Latore is a drummer, but he was a drummer that could sing Queen of the Reich. But... 
I've never seen them play the song The Lady Wore Black, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the so- the first song Queensryche wrote together. Um, I'm pretty darn sure I've heard Jeff Jeff Tate say that was the first song they wrote together. I've never heard Todd sing it. I was I love the song The Lady Wore Black. But then The Warning, that album, in the world of perfect albums, The Warning by Queensryche is is easily a perfect album. There's there's not a weak there's not a weak track on the album. Not even remotely. I mean, that that is an album of solid 10 out of 10 start-to-finish songs. Warning and Force, uh, Deliverance, No Sanctuary, NM156, Take Hold of the Flame, like one right after another. It's like, holy crap. These are flipping good. But in total fairness, there's not a weak track on Rage for Order. There's not a weak track on Operation Mindcrime. Now, there is a song on Empire you don't like. I know you don't like the song Della Brown. Della Brown, like, the thing is, like, I don't hate the song, but it's just, like, I, you know, th- that that's a difference. Like, I that also song would, I to me doesn't song, excite either. me. To You're, like, obsessed with it. And, like, when, like, that's, I think that, I think maybe it's not so much that I don't like it. It's a big difference between your opinion of it and my opinion of it. Well, to, no, it's, it's, to me, it's just, it's such a cool Scott Rockenfield song. The, the drums in that song are so cool to me. That it makes it, it it makes the album more exciting to me. Um, I will See, if I could go the rest of my life never hearing Silent Lucidity again, I'd be perfectly happy. The best Quite Pink frankly, Floyd the song, song they ever Empire, wrote. I can't. Yeah, I can't stand the song Silent Lucidity. But in total fairness, I was never a fan of that song. But I can't call it a weak song because it's their biggest song. I but like the my song, but it sounds the reason. I, but that's the ironic thing is, I like the song because it sounds like that era of Pink Floyd. Like the the learning to fly era of Pink Floyd. That's what. Yeah, that's why I like well, the song actually. But here's my point with Empire with with Queensryche. The EP, the Warning, Rage for Order, Operation Mindcrime, Empire. Every single one of those albums are absolutely amazing, and I would even go on record in saying not only is that five albums a row in a row of complete perfection. I would say that's five albums in a row without even a weak track. Okay, it's fine. Operation Mindcrime has a couple of tracks that aren't songs. Oh, fine. There is not a weak song on any... Uh, Queensryche put out five albums in a row without one weak track. The problem is, is how you describe Queensryche after that. Like, if they never put an album out after, after Empire, I would... Easily say that album, that band never put out a weak album, didn't even have a weak song. But then after Empire, it was all just, okay, yeah, you want to make a case for, you know, I don't know, Promised Land. Okay, Promised Land, it has a couple of songs on it that are okay. Here in the Now, Frontier, fine, you know, whatever. Uh, Q2K, I God, I remember getting that record at the radio station being like, this is turd. Tribe is turd. Operation Mindcrime 2 is an abomination. It's like, you're unforgiven too. You know, that's stupid. Um, the the last couple of records with Todd LaTorre, like, they're good albums for what they are, but they don't excite me. So that's what's weird about Queensryche. He went from a band who was flawless for five albums and then just... And it's really kind of really kind of sad it's really kind of sad if you ask me you know what i'll mention one i will definitely mention one 
And this is a band that you're not into um, at all. Uh, it's a band I'm into that you're not, which is really weird because it's a band that should 1,000% be a band that you're into and a 1,000% band I'm not into. Um, but I will very easily say that Rammstein never put out a weak album. But for a band that's been around as long as they are, they don't have a ton of albums. They 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 actually bore me. I I know it's it's very it's very weird. It, it's very with with a because that band is so simple, chunky, heavy, catchy guitar riff oriented. It's crazy to me that they're not a band that you love, and it's crazy to me that they're a band that I like. And, and to clarify, to clarify though, I don't dislike them. No, I just no, don't I don't really. I don't mean, they kind of like I said, they just kind of bore me. It's just very odd. They're they're not a band that stylistically is a band that I should like. Normally, they'd be a band that I'm like, that's not my thing. And normally, stylistically, in other words, stylistically, they're way more your thing. They're more, they're not industrial, but they're closer to industrial. They they have tons of like super heavy, simple, chunky guitar riffs. And it's just way more your thing than it is mine. But somehow, they're a band I really like more so than a band you like. Um, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember Rammstein ever, ever putting out anything weak. I, I like every record of theirs. Um, I think Mutter and Rise of Rise are, are just killer. Um, but so, okay, I'll go as far as to say Rammstein. I don't, I highly doubt I'm alone on that one. Um, then you have a lot of bands like, see, that the, the Queensryche falls on the problem of like a band like Rat, who had, let's see, uh, the original EP, but then they had Out of the Cellar, Invasion of Privacy, Dancing Undercover, Reaching for the, Reach for the Sky, and hell, you might even go as far as to say Detonator and say that that band never put out anything weak, but then the problem is the band existed after that. Uh, well, there's a lot of bands I could do. Like You could say Maiden. If you were to erase, like, what, No Prayer for the Dying from their catalog? If you catalog? erase the 90s from Iron Maiden, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in total fairness, you have to erase the 90s. Like... I will always say that the X Factor is a good album, but it just doesn't. Virtual Eleven, fit. No Prayer for the Dying. You get rid of those two, and you could honestly make an argument. Uh, yeah. I mean, Fear of the Dark is a title track and a weak album. It's not a. Eh. It's better than No Prayer for the Dying. It is. It's isn't, got. Isn't Be Quicker Be Dead on that? Yeah. I see, I like that song. I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's a completely weird weeks a weak album, Fear of the Dark. No, it's not a It's okay. Well, that's what I mean. It's, it's not a weak album. No, it's a weak album. It's not a bad album, it's a weak album. You know? Um Be Quicker Be Dead is cool. From here to eternity, afraid to shoot strangers is cool. But then you get to Fear is the key, childhood's end, wasting love, the fugitive, change well, of mercy, the apparition. You can say the same thing about. You can say the same thing about peace of mind. Well, no, no, no. You're right. You're you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, uh, I mean, there's a I difference just, between just, a weak album and a perfect album. You know what I mean? No, like, no. But I I say it's a weak album because the majority of it's not good. But what is I, good I think, is I think, really I think good. Fear of the Dark has one great song on it, and that's Fear of the Dark. It has one great song, two or three decent songs, and like nine horrible songs. So, I think Fear of the Dark's a weak album. But, anyway, um, yeah, no, Perfect Album's different, but Iron Maiden, the 90s were just bad for Iron Maiden. They just were. 
Any way you look at it, the 90s were bad. You could make all, anybody who wants to argue that they like the albums, dude, be my guest, man. Dude, I like the X Factor. I'm not going to ever try to say that it, you know, it holds its own with the Maiden catalog because, frankly, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I got one for you. What's that? Mortician. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, I, it, it, you're probably not wrong. So I, I will say I mean, this Did they ever mortician. put out an album that's like, wow, that's a stinker? Reanimated Dead Flesh is normally the one people point to because it was it was actually I think I, if I remember correctly it was the only one they ever did with a live drummer and it was their last album they ever released. Um, I'm totally kidding. Like I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at me. Um, I might go. Spe- you know, you talked about who you might be going to see. I might be going to see the Tish in Brooklyn on December. 8th. See, I hate that you say that because every time you say it, I'm like I'm going to go see Tits in Brooklyn. Oh, you meant the Tish. <laughs> Well, I could see I could see both. I mean, I'm sure there's some I'm sure there's a skin bar somewhere in Brooklyn, but uh, <laughs> no, I might go see Mortician. It's a grind show and I'm not into grind, but you know, here's you know, it's really funny. Have you ever been in this situation and I know you have. I'm asking this as kind of a rhetorical uh, situation to our listeners where and by no means am I crapping on any of the bands playing with Mortician. Um, I'm just saying they're they're not my thing. By the way, this brings me if you're if at some point I'd like to move on to this topic. If you're cool with that, um, you know the perfect album thing. I know you want to talk about, but th- like I'd like to move on to this this topic. I just highlighted in the notes too because I kind of wanted to move on to that before we got into this one. But I, if we can go back to it or whatever. Um, let me know, like, if you want to talk more about perfect albums, but I kind of wanted to talk I was, about I actually want to, okay, well, here's the thing. I want to make one more statement about bands with, um, that don't have weak albums. I want to make like one more general statement and then I right. can jump on your other one. So let I was going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say, ahead. go, go, go ahead and say your statement. And then I'm going to go into my thing about, about the concerts and stuff. Okay. So let me say this about bands that don't have weak albums. I tell me if you think this is a controversial statement because I think it's not. I think this is an absolutely not controversial statement. None of the big four can say they don't have weak albums. Not at all. All, every one of the big four has stinkers. Oh, yeah. Every one of them. the, the, The hardest one, the hardest one would... I think the only one that might get people trying to defend them is Slayer. I'll say this about Slayer. I don't mind Diabolus and Musica, but generally speaking, average people will admit that that was a weak album. Well, uh, uh, Divine Intervention was a weak album. Divine Intervention, though, a lot of people like Divine Intervention. They just think it sounds like crap. Right. But, uh, I mean, I I think Slayer, the, the difference with Slayer, though, is we've talked about this. Slayer never tried to really do anything different. Yeah, they, I mean, they they grew over time, but Slayer never was all of a sudden like we need to put out a radio friendly album like Megadeth did with Risk. Well, or, there's Risk, there's Super Collider, there's Anthrax had uh, Anthrax. See, my biggest thing about Anthrax is, you know, I'll look at something like Volume Eight. Half of that album is awesome. Half of it sucks. Um, what with We Have Come for You All. It's meh. Good. It's so meh. It's nothing funny. Um, Which but again, then, I I wouldn't say that Anthrax has any bad albums, but they've got a crop of weak ones. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. They, they, they've got a the crop 90s, of albums like you, you said, they, the '90s. Yeah, the, the, the '90s, 90s into were, the early 2000s. They, the, the the problem with Megadeth is they start the '90s off with the best music of their career. Fight me over that one. I don't care. Yeah. Um, the best music Megadeth ever put out were in the '90s, up through Cryptic Writings, and Cryptic Writings is weak compared to the three before it. But it's not a weak album. But no, yeah, the only complaint with Cryptic Writings is it was a disappointment compared to the three albums before it. But right. God, what isn't a and disappointment? That's like saying this, you're the skinniest kid at Fat Camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, you have three of the best metal albums of all time. And and Again, because I always it. get in trouble for the things I say, I'm a fat guy, so I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's not like you're a fat woman. Come on, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kidding. Yeah, we we kidding. we had this discussion after the show about how Duff can say anything he wants and post anything he wants and get away with it. If I do one thing, people are all over me. Yeah, well, you know, what can maybe, I? Say? What maybe can people I say? just can. Maybe people just have that sense that he's a sleaze ball. Yeah, because that's the difference, though. They, with you, with you, it's out of character. With me, they're like, "Oh, that's just stuff. It's just stuff oh. being a sleaze ball." You know, it's it's like it's like the it's like this it's like the the, the eighty five year old guy with the you know the, the 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 Korean War hat, and he's you know grabbing ass for every woman at McDonald's. There's like, "Oh, it's fine. He's just old." You know, I'm kind of like that guy. You know, most people, most <laughs> will eventually be that guy. <laughs> ah, dude, I can't wait. You know, except for like, the like, war. Most guys. See, that's the difference. Like, see, if most guys were to were to, were to do a slight brush up against a woman, you know, they're getting beaten or arrested. But the eighty five year old guy with the you know with the military hat, he can do a full on ass grab, and they'll just be like, "Oh, he's fine." Well, that's kind of like me, right? You know, I can say something horribly offensive or post something. It's like, "Oh, it's just duff. Forget about it." But you do it. Uh -oh. It's like, whoa. Well, bro, this is a normal guy saying this stuff. We uh -oh. got to kill him. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. What? Uh oh. What? I never noticed, and I can't believe how I never noticed because I've looked at this album cover a thousand times. You got to buy this album. What? Mortician's reanimated dead flesh has bare boobs on the cover. God, I mean, they're zombie bare boobs, but they're bare boobs. Yeah, but dude, I even said, I even said I would buy it just for like, not bare, but. Slightly revealing boobs on the girl with her leg. Uh, when, uh, when they when they reissue reanimated dead flesh, I'll let you know. You're required to buy it on vinyl. Yeah, I mean, I will. <laughs> I want the domain of death. That's that only what I'm missing. I, I do have a rule. <laughs> you still haven't have bought. You it. still have not bought uh, 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 Witchfinder General. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Those are those are cool records too. But they are. Oh, yeah, uh, anyway, so. No, no, I, 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 I didn't album. mean to de derail your your. No, no, your you're fine. I've never seen the cover of this album, and you're not kidding. There's a big old set of zombie boobies. Well, I'm going to have to buy it. All right. Um, you said this I, is not in print right now? It's not in vinyl right now, no. That was their last album. But the only ones, uh, Domain of Death and that one are the only ones that I haven't seen uh, recently. Recently. It appears it was put on vinyl in 2016. Yeah, oh, I think. Test pressing, that's why. Yeah, it looks. Probably, it, yeah, probably, it's, it's probably really hard to find. I think. I think that they're. I think that they're repressing. I think all of their stuff. Um, this is just the first batch. I think eventually they'll do domain. Anyways, I didn't mean to derail your conversation about uh, about perfect albums. Sorry about that. Do it. Do your thing. I don't care. Um, so you know, there is another topic I wanted to talk about, and I'm and I. I had oh, to dude. Go, what? Dude. This, oh my god, I got to show you this though. Uh -oh. Dude, if there's uh -oh. ever been a Mortician album that we both need, it's this one. 
Not only does it have zombie boobies, but look at the booklet. I'm looking, looking, looking. I'm looking. It's the picture of Will with the gun and the spiked knuckles. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. When that gets reissued, I'm all over it. Oh, I'll buy this, too. I'll buy it just for that. It's sold out or else I'd be all over it. Oh, my God. Hold on. I've got to find. Real quick, before you go on. A a friend of ours, she listens to the show, said to me the other day about Will Raymer, um, and I'm not going to say who this is. She's just, she's a friend of ours. Said, and I'm going to read this that at one point in time she was in the death metal scene and she would go to festivals. She said she met Will a few times. Said he would get completely blackout drunk and want to fight everyone, and everyone was scared of him. But it's okay because he's short, which is funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, thank you to our uh, to uh, my 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 very good friend for for um for telling me that story because that's awesome. Thank you. You I swear to God, best story ever made my week. Continue now. Get back to where you were. So um, I was I was mentioning before I might go see Mortician on December 8th. I haven't decided yet. Uh, it depends go. on if I can get. I know I want to, but it, it, look, I have a there's a lot. I'd have to miss the show and, I, you know, anything else. But look, uh, you ever been in this position before where you, you, you see a band? Wait, you was see you a, been over that kind of position? Oh, you meant never mind. Yeah, no, no, never that. Um, not yet. Um, so. Where you see, you know, you see the headliner and you're like, I really want to see the headliner. And then you look at all the bands below them and you're like, I haven't heard any of these bands. And you go through and listen to them and you think, it's a first, you check out the band right under them. You're like, ah, eh, not my thing. You check out the band, ah, not my thing. So you're thinking to yourself like, great, great. I can just, you know, go to the bar, have my beers, walk into the show before the Tish goes on and and check out the Tish because, you know, whatever. I'm not into the other bands. But then you hear the opening band and you're like, I kind of like this. So you're thinking to yourself, like, now, not only do I have to make sure I show up on time, but I'm going to show up on time to see the opening band who I really enjoy. Now I got to sit through two bands who don't suck, but they're not my thing. And then just wait for the headliner. You ever been in that position before? Yeah. Go in the bathroom, have a wank. It's fine. Well, um, I don't want to. Yeah. Go in the bathroom, pull, pull a Paul Rubens. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's a grindcore show. The man was a go- He was a god among men. Kicked. He was, a, a, he was a god among men. What could I say? <laughs> um, I go to a grind well, show know, and probably get my ass kicked. But you know what though? I'll say this: like, I, I went. I said before that I went and saw Crowbar and left before Crowbar played because I was so absolutely miserable at that show. I was absolutely miserable. It was two bands that were straight up, completely obnoxious karate in the pit, which I don't want anything to do with that. And the problem with that is it wasn't just like a little spot in the front. It's like if you weren't standing way back by the bar, you were going to get kicked. You know what I mean? Like they were not doing it in a small like area. They were running around trying to punch people that were just standing way over there. So crowd so, killing it. Crowd killing is I don't, look, even if you're a fan of karate in the pit, if you're a fan of crowd killing, screw you. I say that right now. Screw and you. And then and and then the last band that played and I don't even remember their name and I don't want to, but I had said that they were so obnoxiously loud. It was painful to be in the room. 
And I've looked them up and found out that that is on purpose and everyone feels that way unless you're like 18 who's like, oh my God, it's so cool to feel that terrible when you're standing in the room. <laughs> so I flat out will tell you I left. I've never done that in my entire life. One time I almost left because of an opening band and that's when I went and saw Cradle of Filth and their opening bands were so bad. It was painful to be in the room, but in fairness, Cradle of Filth is notorious for touring with really awful bands. Like, they tour with some band that they think is, like, gothic and interesting, and they end up being just horrible. But I have never left. So here's my point to you. The show you're going to, normally I would be like, so what? Go see the opening band. You're going to take a train home, have a couple of beers, chill out. You know, there's going to be some cool metal dudes that you can probably, and it's not going to be, it's like, it's not like they're going to be playing some huge venue, you know, drink a couple of beers. No, playing at St. Vitus, yeah. It's at St. Vitus? Yeah. I mean, dude, it's a cool place. I mean, I've never been there, but it's a cool place. Like you could go there, you could, you could talk to some people, you can have a few, few beers, you know, you could, you could, all three of the hot metal women that are there, you can, you know. At least get a good look or something. You can go get give a, you go take a, a look see. You can take a look see on some on some metal trim <laughs> and their boyfriends know? who are probably yeah, who are probably going, who are probably four foot two and jacked like Will Raymer. <laughs> and you you know every time they walk as long as every time they walk back you go whoa serious bumper like you could totally do that right. Well I will I you know I'm coming from New Jersey so I might just have to go oh oh but here's the problem the problem is. I would always have felt that way. But after my experience at the Crowbar show, yes, I'm an old man. Fine. But 20 years ago, I wouldn't have wanted to have been in the room well, with those opening Well, let me ask you a men. question. Yeah. Do you have earplugs? Yes. Do you, you wear earplugs to shows now? I'm going to now. But, I mean, did you at that show? No. So, I bought myself... So, after I saw Anvil... I and, bought, for the record, I bought really good ones to take to Europe with me. Had I gone to Vakken, they were for Vakken, and I actually intended on bringing them to the show and forgot them. So, two things. First of all, but yes, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna be wearing them to shows. First of all, two things. I saw Anvil without earplugs. I will never do that again because I was literally standing three feet away from Lips's amps. Um, never do it again. I have lost so much hearing from shows. I bought the really nice like concert earplugs. One of the brands, yeah, um, you know, there's there's multiple concert earplugs out there. I just looked at reviews. I looked at like the whole YouTube thing of comparing them. I bought the ones that everybody seemed to agree on that were reasonably priced that weren't like four hundred dollars. Um, I keep them in my battle vest because chances are, if I'm going to a concert, I'm going to be wearing my battle vest so that way I don't forget them. Um, they come in a little case. I put them in the front pocket of my battle vest. That way I don't forget them. Um, that was not what the whole point I was going to say, but I was going to say, you know, if you had the earplugs, it might've improved your experience because you could have cut out at least a lot of that like noise. Um, so yeah, cause with that band, I mean, I said this before, it was not only with that band. It was not only that they had two orange full stacks um, cranked, but they would stand there and, Purposely make it feed back and just stand there while it feeds back. Just that was, the, their entire sound is based on how much feedback can we have to where it was like painful. So 
yeah, I'm guessing it would have helped. I, I don't know if it would have still been horrible. I don't know. It probably would have been, but it probably still so, would have been. I don't know because again, that was my hey, hey, my bad for not wearing them. But I'm with you. I knew that I was going to go to Vakin, so I bought uh, you know the, I, I think we bought different brands, but essentially we bought the same thing, and I and I bought them for that. And more than anything, I bought them just hoping that I could sleep. I bought them saying, I have it if the bands are loud, and I also have it if I want to sleep, because it might help filter some of that out. I don't know. But I well, just forgot to bring them. The ones that uh, I bought, they and they're-, like, they're I will, By the way, I will bring them to shows. I will probably use them at the Armored Saint concert. I will probably not see them. I'll probably not wear them when I go see Mr. Big in a theater- because those kinds of shows nowadays are notoriously quiet because the band's not using any amps, you know. It's the same volume as if you see a Broadway show, but I'll bring them. Um, um Saint, I'll probably I'll probably wear them at every like show that's gonna use amps. I probably will wear them for every show. Um, I was gonna say though, uh yeah, I mean I I I saw them I used them for the first time when I saw Crypta and Morbid Angel. Um, I used them again at the Misfits. Um, you know, it just—it's just so nice being able to leave a show without ee in your ears afterwards. You know, um, and you know, look—I for the years I was one of those. Oh, I don't want to wear earplugs. Blah blah blah. And then, like when I started noticeably, you know, when I when my hearing started noticeably getting worse, and I'm not getting any younger, I'm thinking to myself like, I love not only listening to music but making music. And I'm not going to sit here like uh, Beethoven, who's going to like go deaf and try and make music. So, um, I, look, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody what to do with their body. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody to like wear earplugs. I'm saying for me, I'm going to wear earplugs. You can laugh at me if you want to, but I'll be walking out of the show being able to hear as good as I possibly can. And to be honest with you, I already paid my time. I was in a thrash metal band for what four or five years. And none of us wore earplugs. And trust me when I say I, it's 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 a noticeable effect of seeing, you know, twenty years of shows, twenty plus years of shows, and being in a band for years and not wearing earplugs. Trust me when I say it's noticeably affected my hearing. And I I got to try to keep what I have left. Um, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. But one oh, thing, oh, I, yeah, dude, absolutely. I I I stood next to way too many way too many monitors like drum like like the monitors next to a drummer that would just dude you would try to and they would just squeal and feedback and I'm like dude stop um but yeah I know I was like that's why I bought I bought really good earplugs and I'm gonna yeah. wear them to every show and I don't know about that I will bring them to every show yeah that's what I said you I know? have them with me if I decide I don't need them like I'll I said, them when you're in a when I when you go see like dude I just saw Ted Nugent and in fairness like I know Ted Nugent's known for being loud but dude, he was playing in a theater. He wasn't. It wasn't loud at all. You know, I mean, really wasn't. He. It, it was like you were just li sitting there listening home, li listening to your stereo. But again, different situation than when you go, dude. When I go see Armored Saint in a club, am I really all that concerned about Armored Saint? No. But now I know damn well to be concerned about the opening bands. You know, yeah. and they might be loud. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm making this up. Well, but yeah, absolutely. I'm bringing them. Absolutely, I'm bringing them with me. And absolutely, I'm going to make it a point to wear them if I, in any show that I feel is above, 
a really comfortable volume, I'm going to wear them. Well, what's interesting? Wear them anyway. I don't know. What'll be interesting to see though is now that bands, more and more bands, are not using amps, and they're using amp sims, which can be better controlled. Because it used to be, why are bands loud? Well, they need to turn their amps up to six in order to get the amps to sound like they should. It's going to be interesting now that a lot of bands are using amp sims, and a lot of bands are. Whether they tell you what you know, I don't care if the guy's standing. There's a, there's a meme online. And it has a picture of the guy walking out on stage and it shows a back view and all of it shows behind his amps and the guy has a wall of marshals. They're all empty. Like it just, they're just all empty plywood. What is that band? They got a lot of crap for that photo. I don't remember, but I do. I do. But the bottom line is this. For those of you who don't know. A lot of those guys that walk uh, out and Black Veil Brides is. Oh, well, either way. I would make fun of them just because they look like the kind of band you should make fun well, of. Well, but either way, a lot of your favorite bands who all stand in front of that wall of amps, I got news for you. That's exactly what they are. And any band will tell you that. There, they, yeah. There's pretty much one exception to that rule. Manowar? Ingve Malmsteen legitimately tours with that many stinking amps. Well, right. But if you, what, what's funny is somebody else released a picture of Ingve Malmsteen, and they has this wall of amps. And then they they circled. There's a microphone in front of one of the cabinets. Oh, sure. He just for some reason thinks he needs to tour with all of them being real. So it's, just, it's he doesn't use them, but he he decides that he should have to have that much extra room in his you know in his to tour. I mean, dude, what a waste of money that is too. Whatever. He's got a Ferrari, and that's all he cares about. But. I was going to say, like, you know, you can order empty cabinets and stuff from you have to be like an artist. They sure. won't just sell them to anybody, I guess, from what I understand. Because I, I read about this. I'm like, because I was curious. I, I'm not going to go buy a wall of amps. I, you know, so I looked it up and you literally can if you're a touring artist that that's like going to be on stage. There's no reason why a company wouldn't do this for you. They're like, wait a minute, this guy's going to be on stage in front of t- tens of thousands of people. Um, yeah, why don't we just give him a wall of empty like plywood to stand in front of with our name all over it? Of course, yes. Um, because if not, they could do it themselves, but that would be stupid, right? And, you know, so yeah, but I mean, like there are bands. So a lot of these bands you're seeing, it's one of two things. There's because I remember, I think it was who was it? There's a there's an artist it might be zach or a dime bag did this or there's some artist they have a case they have a road case and there's a microphone in a fixed position inside the road case and their amp head and their main cabinet are in this road case and it never gets opened except to get turned on and off and it never leaves and that is the amp you're hearing in front of the house they're standing in front of a wall of amps none of them i don't know if it's none of them are real or none of them are turned on this amp inside of this road case that has a microphone in a fixed position where they want it, and they just plug a microphone cable into the case, that's what you hear. And a so lot of times I, at these shows, it's either you're hearing you're hearing their 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 what's it called a uh, uh, what's the, what's the new amp uh, not the new amp the the amp that everybody uses it's not a Kettner it's a uh, uh, no yeah it's it's not a um wow thanks. They're usually like you know. There's the there's the fractal. There's the fractal. We have white. What dude? I could say it every time. Every other time you ever want me to. Um um um. Oh my uh, god. A Kemper. Kemper. 
Yeah, so they're, you know they're they're plugging into a Kemper rack, or a helix, or, or a whatever. helix, or a fractal, or even now there's the there's the one I have, and I can't remember Tonex. Like they're all pl- a lot of these artists now are plugging into that. Why? Because I I remember I even asked David from Havoc. He he posted, and I don't think I'm outing him for this, but he posted one time on Instagram. You know, love PV amps. They've been so good to us. You know, we love we only play PV amps, etc. Blah blah blah. And I posted on his Instagram, and I wasn't trying to call him out. I was literally curious because I'm a big fan of Havoc. And I asked him, I said, hey, you know, when I saw you a couple months ago, I noticed you were playing through, you know, whatever device, like a Fractal or a Helix, whatever it was. I said, did you get, like, did you capture the PV and put it on there? Or was there a preset already built in? He literally sent me a direct message, and he said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. In the studio, we only use PV amps. But it's too expensive for us to tour with because they're a tiny, they're a small band. They're not touring yeah. in buses with tractor trailers. They're touring in a freaking van with a trailer. They're like he said, like this way I can assure that not only do we not have to worry about lugging around two extra half stacks or, or a full stack with us. He goes, I can just plug it in and know I'm going to sound good, and it saves time when we're opening for another band because I think they were opening for Jungle Rot. I think it was they were opening for Jungle Rot or Jungle Rot was open. Either way. And I was like, dude, I get it, man. I wasn't trying to call you out. Like, I was just genuinely curious. I wasn't trying to be a jerk. Um, and there's a lot of bands now who do that. They're like, I can either bring a wall of amps with me and screw around with the EQ. Oh, well, the room sounds different. And, well, I got to, well, the microphones here are different. I have to reposition this and do that. Or they can say, plug that into that. Sounds good. And walk away. Well, and... So, so I, I have to take this moment to recognize in this entire conversation, remember how earlier you were like, which is way less cool between these two options? Now that we're talking about the whole amp thing and what's on stage, can we take a moment to recognize that this is why no one in the history of the world has ever been cooler than Rush? <laughs> can we just make that clear? And the, the, way, the way the story goes is that um, Getty Lee, we're talking back in the 90s, Getty Lee stopped using amps, you know, for his bass or and keyboards. He wasn't using amps. He's like, I was playing direct into the direct into the PA, right? I mean, he, whatever he was using, you know, he probably had a rack system or something back then. Everything was rack systems, but he was playing right into the PA. And he's like, so Alex would get up on stage and Alex would have guitar amps on stage. And he's like, but my side of the stage didn't have anything. And I thought it looked stupid, so we started putting washing machines up there. And wasn't he doing like the road cruise laundry or something? Yeah, he was like he would have their he'd have washing machines going. It was like their laundry would go in it. At one point in time, it was like rotisserie chickens. You know, that's just awesome. That is cool. I, you know what I mean. But that that is a that is an opportunity just to showcase that Rush was special and awesome and cool. And, and the thing is, when they'd have and I read this too, when they had the rotisserie chickens on stage, they would actually feed the crew with what they cooked in the rotisserie ovens during their show. Which is by the way, pause. Not the show. Pause like this conversation real quick. Can I mention something about Rush really quick? I wrote this yes. down. I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So, I saw. That in an interview somewhere, sometime, not all that long ago, Alex and Getty have said that, like, so Alex had some stomach surgery or something, um, that he had had some problems for years, and 
Getty is basically like, if Alex is ever back up to 100% again, he would consider Rush going on tour as Rush without, without Neil, but with a different drummer. Not to say this is ever going to go, ever going to happen. It's probably blown out of proportion. It's probably just media, you know, whatever. I'm not going to look that far into it. But I got to tell you, I laughed my ass off when I read that that Getty Lee and Alex would consider touring without without Neil. Do you know why? Here's why. Why? What is the drummer that everyone assumes will get that job, and he himself would assume he would get that job? Mike Portnoy. I'll give you a clue. Because he just went back to Dream Theater. That is hilarious well, that's cool, because they'll, they'll hire Mike Mangini then instead. No, 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 no. Well, no that, that's why I think it's so funny. I think it's so funny because Mike Portnoy has spent his entire life trying to be the guy who plays if Neil can't be there. You know, he had a drum set that was just like Neil's. He he know, he can do all those all of his famous drum solos. He knows he memorized them all and like and I just think it's hilarious that Mike Portnoy leaves Dream Theater comes back to Dream Theater and like the next week they're like, "Oh yeah, it, rush my tour and need a drummer." I'm sorry. That is funny. it. It would actually be poetic justice, though, if Mike Portnoy quit Dream Theater to go join Rush. Oh, that would be so cool because it would because they fired him through what through wasn't it through like text message or a no, phone no, no, or no, no. They didn't. Okay, they fired Derek Sherinian that way. They fired Derek Sherinian over like a is on like answering voice machine mail or something. Or something. Yeah. Uh, um, this was like back in the nineties. Um, no, they didn't because remember they didn't. They really, wanted Jordan Rudis. Yeah, they didn't. Fire Mike Portnoy, he left. Um, basically what happened, if I remember it correctly, and it, dude, dude, I'm I'm not I'm not sucking on the Dream Theater teat. I, I I haven't in a long, long time. I did. I did because I loved their music in the nineties, but I lost interest with their music after that. Um, so I'm really just not all that into what they've done. I remember a lot about the stuff from the nineties, but um if I remember correctly, um this was when when Mike Portnoy was doing the Avenged Sevenfold album, and he was going to do a tour with them. Yeah, Nightmare. He didn't. He did not. I. I there was nothing about the, him that said he wanted to leave Dream Theater to go be in 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 um, Avenged Sevenfold. He had just basically said he had been in Dream Theater. It had been his everything in his life had been Dream Theater for like twenty five years, or whatever. His entire life had been Dream Theater. He just want he just we need to take a little break, guys. Let's take a break, year or two, whatever. Everybody just go do their thing, come back, we'll refresh. And the band didn't want to do it, and he did. Okay. Hey, I understand both sides. Right? Well, that's what, that's why Newstead left Metallica, essentially. I mean, I, I well, yeah. I mean, I understand both sides of the argument. I don't think there's any wrong. And I don't think they were ever like mad at each other. I think they still maintained, you know, they were cool. You know, Petrucci did his solo record a couple of years ago, which was really good, and Portnoy played on it. And to me, it was the it was the most '90s Dream Theater I had heard from Dream Theater since '90s Dream Theater. It was really good. I liked it. Um, but I just I don't know, man. It's just part of me that's 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 you know, Mike Portnoy <laughs> sees that and goes, "Damn it, what did I do?" You know, because you know he could have. Um, actually, can I tell you who? I I don't like saying this. Can I tell you who my vote would be? No, 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 no. Let me clarify. 
not who my vote for would be, but if I was a betting man, if it's a okay, if I was a betting man as to what well-known drummer it would be, I will tell you who I would bet my money on. Do Do you have anybody you would bet your money on? Because I'll tell you who I'd bet my money on. For Rush, yeah. I mean, let okay, no, okay. Let me say this. I don't mean they hire like Dave Weckl or some like you know what I mean, like big jazz. I'm saying like, let's pretend Rush goes on tour tomorrow. Whatever. Rush announces they're going on tour tomorrow. What? And let's pretend they're picking a well-known drummer. Because let's be fair, if you're capable of playing Rush and you can actually work it into your schedule, most drummers would say yes to that. That's kind of like, who would say no to that, right? I mean, really, who would say no to that? I mean, Portnoy and Mangini would be my two obvious choices, but... I This is going to sound weird, my gut instinct tells me Danny Carey from Tool. Uh, all right. He I played can... with them on that. He he played drums with them. Um, on the, because he's on... the greatest drummer of all time. Yeah. Well, here here's what I say though. Like I look look, dude. I don't like Tool. I've never been a Tool fan. Never will be a Tool fan. Saw them live. Bored to tears. End of story. So I am actually not all that familiar with Danny Carey as a drummer. Meaning, I have spent no time. He is not an influence of mine. He is not a drummer I ever tried to learn anything he ever played. I've never even broken it down. I've never really spent any time watching him play. So I'm really, believe it or not, as a drummer who's into metal, I am very, very ignorant as to his playing. However, A, he's a extremely well-respected and has been forever wildly talented drummer who absolutely 100% could play it. We we know we could play it. Um but I mean come on, in today's in today's world, there's a there's a million drummers who could play it because they've been practicing it for 30 years, you know. But um he would be he would be my bet and I I, I mean who knows? Who knows what would go into this. I just mean he's a drummer that no one would that if they if they hired him no one would go Dude, why'd you pick that guy? Like, no, everybody go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And he already played with them, and Tool is not a terribly active band. Tool doesn't, you know what I mean? They wait 10 years between albums, and they don't tour all that much. That's my vote. Not who I would pick. I don't know who I would pick, by the way. I haven't thought about it. Um, And I will also say this is going to sound odd, but there's one other reason that I'm pick that I that I would bet my money on Danny Carey, and that's because Taylor Hawkins is dead. I actually think Taylor Hawkins would have been a guy they would have hired in a second, because him and Dave Grohl are so famous and so well known and so openly big of fans of Rush, and they played in front of Rush. You know what I mean? Like, like I think the entire world would have accepted Taylor Hawkins, and I think they would have too. And I think Taylor wouldn't miss a note for the entire tour because the guy's, the guy's a, he was a brilliant drummer. He was a brilliant drummer and a great guy, and everybody liked him. So let me um, ask, let me ask you a question, semi-related yeah. to this. Yeah. Um, look, I just looked up a picture of John Petrucci, and this is something that occurred to me a while back. Do you think he should just give up working out and growing the beard? No. Do you think he should? I mean, look. If you look at early pictures of him, 
his hair keeps running further and further away oh. from his face. <laughs> like, has he has he reached the point yet where he should just look in the mirror and say, "All right, look, it's just time to give up." Or do you think he will embrace the skullet? See, I don't know. It's weird. Like, first of all, can I just say that I have always thought the man looked goofy when he, like, decided that steroids were good for you and so was having a giant beard. Like, he's Well, what's ironic is just he might be taking uh, he might be taking test, which me and that causes baldness. Yeah. Well, he, do, he doesn't have. Oh, can I can I say it? Can I say what 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 Bob had? Can I use that term? Bob, oh, he doesn't have. Well, no, that's for steroids. There's a difference between taking testosterone oh, oh, okay. and steroids. Okay, yeah, because he because I was gonna say he didn't have what he didn't have what he's Bob not had. he's not eating trend bologna sandwiches. I don't think yet. Though my I just I always thought it was I don't know, but to me, like when I think of, I'm sorry, but when I think of John Petrucci, I think of I think of like the clean shaven, long black hair with the with the Picasso guitar. I think of goatee. I, when I think of or John goatee, Petrucci, but, but I think Picasso of goatee, guitar. John, like long hair with the, with the, like, with the, uh, I don't know what like, you want to like, call it. You're, you're talking like, like the cover of that, um, rock discipline. Is that what it's called? Rock discipline. Hold on. I'm going to look at it. Like, yeah. The John Petrucci guitar video, the, the, the like, rock discipline. Yeah. Goatee, like yeah. full, you know, with the mustache, not a Van Dyke or no. Okay. I guess it's a Van Dyke. Cause with the mustache, it's called a Van Dyke. Um, I, I'm getting really, really nerdy here. That's what I think of Petrucci. But like, if you look, at, I was just just looking at pictures of him. Like when he, even when he had the frosted tips for a while, yeah, that's like, ridiculous. It just gets further. Yeah, that's exactly the the. You're right. That that's the John Petrucci I think of. Like, look, he has a widow's peak there. If you look at him now, his hairline starts somewhere by his ears. <laughs> like, should he just give up? Because trust me when I say. I'm in no way, shape, or form going bald, but I've always had a giant forehead, like you know, like a Kels, like a like. And I don't want to say a Kelsey Grammer forehead because he's bald, but like I've always had like a, you know, a, a quite a forehead. Like you could show a movie on my forehead. That's just how I've always been. And I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't bald at like 15. You know, so there's Dude, been times I've looked in the mirror that. and I've said to myself, but I also have a lot of scars all over my head because I've taken a lot of head wounds. <laughs> Dude, the problem for me is like I just. I would just be scared that one day, yeah, literally, by the way, when I think of John Petrucci, that's the exact, that's exactly what I think of. Yeah, it's the same that thing, yeah. Shaven, but yeah, 90s John Petrucci with the flipping, that awesome Picasso guitar that he had. I always thought that was so cool. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Ibanez guitars, but that's an awesome, awesome looking guitar. My only problem would be, <clears throat> could you imagine if John Petrucci decided to shave his head and then he like went out to eat at a Perkins and later that day I was there. And I walked in. I'm like, Rex, dude. <laughs> John Petrucci went. He shaved his head. What a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something I would say, you know? Um, or no, but here's a question for you, though. You, you're, you're missing the third part of the question. You're saying, should he give up or is he going to rock the skullet? That's what I There's said. A third, or, or, or is he going to go the Rob Barrett? And always have a bandana on. That's true. Because Rob Barrett's been, the same thing's been happening to Rob Barrett for years. Rob Barrett was balding 10 years ago. Nothing wrong with it. Dude, you're, uh, dude, it happens to guys. It happens to some guys when they're 18, you know, like, oh, awesome. my, dude, but, if you look at pictures of me when I was 20 and pictures of me now, my hair is definitely thinner. 
Like I, I had dime bag hair when I was in my twenties. Like we're to the point of where when I had my hair down, it was like over my shoulders. Now it like sticks to the sides of my head. Like I barely look like I, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, mine, I know. mine's never done anything but lay straight flat. It's very, well, I, I used lighter. to have super thick, luscious hair. Now it's like, luscious. you know, thinner. Um, was well, so I wanted to bring something up here. But real no, my quick. question is though, yeah, he needs to, I think he needs to do the Rob Barrett and all and 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 have a bandana on as much as or a um, hat or something no 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 he's got to do the he's got to do the bandana he can do the backwards hat uh the thing about the bandana is though that could ensure that he sleeps in it as if it was frankenstein face paint well that's true maybe he'll have to wake up in the middle of the night and put his bandana on um, very, very true. So I, I, I wanted to ask or, a question. Or like Michelangelo in his wig. <laughs> you know you know what that reminds me of when you talk about Michelangelo in his wig? By the way, and I, I, I'm i a huge fan of Michelangelo Badio. I think he's a great guy. He's a great guy. I he, he's I thought he was super nice when I met him. He's an incredible guitar player. But I will bust his balls over the wig. What, anyway. remind, what, I, remi- what I think of when you think of Michelangelo in his wig, do you remember that scene in Van Wilder? That's the same thing, yeah. yeah. Where, where Eric Estrada comes yeah. in and he adjusts his wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when Eric Estrada, no, it's funny you said that. I thought of the exact same thing. Well, when he sits down and adjusts his wig, yeah, it's great. So I was going to ask you a question. So this had to do with going back to what what I originally started talking about about the opening bands. You know, the same person who mentioned like you need to wear X clothes. You know, he's he's he threw around a bunch of terms, and one of them was you don't like X. If you don't, if you don't like X band, you're a poser. If you don't like X band, you don't like death metal. So I got a question for you, like. We talk on this show, you and I, you and I, I, I consider us connoisseurs of metal. Between the two of us, we cover most, not all, but most of the subgenres. Like, Mo- and, and most of the subgenres, at least through the early 2000s. Right. Like, I'm not into gent. You're Maybe not into gent. Maybe the last 10 or 15 years, because we've just got it, we're just a bit old, you know, to, to know all the. Hell, I just heard the term pizza thrash was a term a couple of days ago. Well, I don't but, know. If no, that's no, what, what my point is, though, dude, and, and, and I, and, and dude, all the subgenres of metalcore, deathcore, whatever, neither one of us are well versed in that at all. But so, again, that's. But my point. Later stuff. Even my, like we don't listen to Gent, but we're, and we're not connoisseurs of it per se, but we're, we know enough about it. But I, my, that, that's exactly my point. And that's the point I was trying to make was we, you and I have generally taken the road on this show and generally all over metal and saying, hey, you know, I'm not into that. I'm sure a lot of people enjoy it. So that's cool. Whatever. Because even if you look at death metal, I can honestly. So like, you know, you could make the statement, well, if you don't like obituary, you're just not into death metal. But on the other hand, you could also say, but I could also understand how. You don't like John. You don't like John's voice. Maybe you don't like the way. Maybe you want the well, guttural. Well, you don't want the. Or, they're not know? fast, and they don't have blast beats. Right. They're not fast. They don't have blast beats. You know. You could honestly. Their music's make the, actually not aggressive. Right. And you could you could generally say like, look, I like Cannibal right, Corpse look, look. blast beat technical death metal. I don't like like death metal. Yeah, and, and and look at look at from other perspectives too. We have said on record a hundred times, just like the big four of thrash metal, 
were very different. Look at the early five or six whatever American death metal bands, right? Death, Obituary, Morbid Angel, Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, Suffocation. Let's stop there. Don't get your panties in a bunch if we left your favorite one out. If you really want to get real granular, I'll even throw in Possessed. Fine. Let's be fair. None of them were alike. Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, Deicide. Put those three bands next to each other. Maybe not their first album because their first albums were... Death is different. I'm not not even talking death. Let's take the Florida bands, right? And I know Cannibal Corpse for Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. The the let's talk about the, the, the a lot of those Tampa a lot of those Tampa Tampa bands. Again, they're the big ones, right? Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Morbid Angel, Deicide. I I will use those as an example because that is an apples to apples comparison. It's just it's an apples to apples comparison. Their first albums came out about the same time. They're they are definitely each other's peers. Death was but wasn't because they were almost their own kind of world. But forget all that, just as a point of comparison, you had Obituary, whose music was mid, it wasn't slow, but it was mid-tempo, the drums were like, dude, all he, uh, Don just wanted to be um, John Bonham. <clears throat> he plays like Tommy Lee, let's be fair, he plays like Tommy Lee. Like, if you listen to something like Livewire by Tommy Lee... That's more what Don Tardy does on drums. You don't believe me, pick an obituary song and then listen to Live Wire by Motley Crue and tell me, no, they, they, tell me they're not the same style of drumming. They are. By the way, why was obituary my favorite death metal band? Because when I heard them, I was a young drummer and I'm a big fan of guys like Tommy Aldridge and that's what I heard. But then you have Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse of the four was their music was more technical. Maybe not in the beginning days, but their music was admittedly more technical. Then you have Deicide, whose music is as evil-sounding and chaotic as possible. Early Deicide was chaotic, way more than Cannibal Corpse was chaotic. Cannibal Corpse was much more riff-driven than they were. Then you have Morbid Angel, who was the band that was we're going to play slow guitar riffs but have the fastest double bass. They're not the same. I think even an untrained ear. Like, dude, we always say, like, everybody's like, all metal all sounds the same. Okay, fine. We can hear the nuances because we are into metal. But let's be fair. You could put those four bands next to each other and an untrained, meaning someone who's not into metal, could clearly see there's a difference. And the vocals don't sound the same at all. Right? Dude, look at us. Rank rank them. We're going to probably rank them the same way. If you and I were to rank the big... The, if we were to rank those four, I don't know, whatever. I forget about the words big four. If we were to rank those four bands, you and I's rankings would be the same. Or at least we'd have the same top two and bottom two. Right? You and I would rank Cannibal Corpse and Obituary at the top and Deicide and Morbid Angel at the bottom. Am mm-hmm. I wrong? Yeah, you're right. And I don't think that is a – that is probably not the most popular ranking, and it's certainly 
certainly not universal because I think everybody has their own opinions on those. I would go as far as to say obituary would probably be more likely in the bottom two. Cannibal Corpse probably would be the most frequent number one because they're bigger. Morbid Angel's probably the other one that would be number one or two because Morbid Angel is huge. I like Deicide a lot more than I like Morbid Angel. Yeah, I probably do With, too, honestly. Well, you know what? It's not fair, though. Because well, no, I don't I like take Deicide's that back. whole career. Deicide has a couple of records that I absolutely love, but so does Morbid Angel have a couple of records I really I like. I take that back. I definitely would take Altars of Madness and Blessed Are the Sick above above Deicide's first couple albums. I uh, I would take the... Yeah, oh, yes, me too. Oh, yes, me too. My problem with Morbid Angel is I don't really like them much after that point. Yeah, after Covenant, Deicide, I kind of fall off. I like the second half of Deicide's career a lot more. Yeah, after Covenant, I, I kind of fall off of... of but of, you you, you yeah. get my point, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think those four bands, and just those four bands, are different enough that I think it is very possible to like one without the others. I do. I think it's very possible to be like, I'm not into that one. I mean, dude, if you're not into Deicide because you think their lyrics are stupid, I agree with you. God is dumb. I hate God. Right? That's stupid. You don't like their gimmick. Or you think, you know, dude, Obituary, they're my favorite. But again, it's because I was a drummer. I mean, I'll always, I don't play drums anymore. My back is just, I could never play drums again, you know, with any real in any real fashion. Um, but I will always think as a drummer. I'll always be a drummer. That'll never leave me. And that Tommy Aldridge, you know, style of drumming is so evident. It's so prominent on, on, on obituary records that it excites me and makes me want to hear them. Frankly, of the four... Don and Paul are the two drummers I like of the four. I love the way Paul Mazurkowitz plays drums. I love the way he plays drums. Just because he's interesting. Nobody plays like Paul. Nobody plays like Paul. No one played like Paul before or after Paul. Probably because what he does is wrong in everybody else's eyes. Paul Mazurkowitz himself said he never purposely did things differently than everybody else. The way he does blast beats was not on purpose. He said literally he would hear like Pete Sandoval or he would hear, he like literally, he's like, I'd hear Pete Sandoval or Mike Smith and stuff. He'd hear one of those guys do something on drums and be like, oh my God, oh, oh I got to go do that. And he's like, and then by the time I would get back to the rehearsal room, I would be playing in my head what I thought that guy was doing and I'd come later to find out it's nothing like what that guy was doing. So he was he was ripping people off wrong, you know? But that's how we all did it. So like yeah, so the, the the drums there I love the drums there. I do. Why am I saying this? My point is for starters let, let me let me mention what I think are the two flaws in the argument. Was he talking about a certain band or or are you are you referring to a certain band being if you don't like them you don't like this genre or not? Um 
you know, it's been said a couple times, and like one of them was deicide, one of them was like non-slaughter. I mean, like it three, it's okay. very easy, and the, you know, sometimes it becomes almost a catchphrase, and that's one thing I'm, I wanted to say so, too. It becomes a catchphrase like, if you don't like Cannibal Corpse, you don't like death metal. If you don't like Obituary, you don't like death metal. And like, I don't know, I I always well, had a problem. I always have a problem with that because. Well, I can tell you my what I consider the two flaws in the argument, but go ahead. Well, I mean, there's a lot of flaws in the argument, but I mean, like, I was going to say, death metal is so broad, like, you know, and and I hate, the thing I always hated was when you start getting down to the genre, the sub, 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 sub genres where you're like, this is blackened, influenced, thrash, death, doom metal. Like, I, I hate that. Look, when you and I were listening to metal, generally speaking, there was Thrash, Death, Doom, Black, and then a few others. You know what I mean? Like, generally speaking, it was Thrash, Death, Doom, Black. Like that; those were the big yeah, ones at the like, time. And then, like, power metal was power a metal, thing. and yeah, you know you're what I mean? Right. Yeah, but even still, but there was. Let's be fair. Traditional there, metal, and there was power metal. There was just power metal. There wasn't fifty-seven subgenres of power metal. There was death metal. There wasn't fifty-seven subgenres of death metal. They were the they were the they were the umbrella terms. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I mean, now I think people get so caught up in the well. This is Swedish death metal influenced thrash, you know, thrash death doom metal. Like I, I think people try to assign too many labels. Like it's you know, but um, yeah, because it, because they, they they can't they can't find them on Spotify if they don't. Bro, and you know, so it's like I don't know, but. Bottom line is like well, the, at the, well, one at thing the, is though. Let me throw this out really quickly though. That is because people from our generation, if we were lucky enough to have a record store that had a metal section, everything that was metal was just in one section. Yeah, right. They didn't have a black metal, a death metal. Though they had a most of them, most of them had metal records in the rock section. If you were lucky enough to find a place with a metal section, all they had was a metal section, as opposed to. Spotify and iTunes and all those that have 57 million. So I just, I didn't mean to cut you off. But one of the problems, again, is the music purchasing factor of that we just bought stuff in the metal category, right? I mean, it was but, metal. But I mean, like, again, you know, so I don't know. Like, what, what the problem I have with that is, like, look, on this show, at least, we're very careful to say, we're very careful not to say X band sucks or this band's terrible or I don't like this band. We'll say albums are terrible on our opinions or whatever. And, and I would, I would say an album, I, I would say an album's terrible in the same fashion that I would tell the band themselves. I'm a big well, fan of yours, but I'm sorry. I think that record. But sucks. I, I'm also going to say that about bands that I'm very comfortable and very familiar with. So like, I'm going to tell you, a Slayer album sucks. A Cannibal Corpse album sucks. The Coroner album sucks. Uh, uh, you know, a Havoc album sucks. I'm not gonna go and say, oh, well, this death metal, this deathcore band I've never heard of before. This album sucks. It's terrible. But I'm also not in deathcore. So to somebody who's into deathcore, they might say this is the best album ever. This is like the greatest, and well, and and that's yeah. the thing. And so we're careful to say, not my thing. Well. And, and no. I said that I said that when I was just talking about that mortician show, I said the two middle bands, they're not my thing. They might be someone's favorite all-time band. Cool. I respect that. Not my thing. You know, and, you and, know. and, 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 and that's what I, that's the point I was trying to make is I hate when people say, if you don't like this band, you're a poser. 
if well, you don't like this band, you're not into this type of music because well, it annoys me. Because well, look, yeah, there. Hey, hold on, let me, let me finish my thought. Yeah, and then there, look, because there's a lot of different kinds of death metal, even inside of. You know, you want to drill down into all those stupid whatever subgenres, and I, I get it, whatever. You know, even if you look at the core death metal bands, like you said, let's look at even just the original death metal bands back in the late 80s, early 90s. Possessed, Death, Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Deicide, Morbid Angel. None of those bands sounded the same. So you could say, I really dig Cannibal Corpse's style. Obituary, not so much. I'm not going to sit there and look at you and say, well, you don't like obituary, so you obviously are a poser. No, it just means you're not into that style. And that's what annoys me. And I I get some of these YouTubers do that crap because obviously if you say you're a poser, you're going to get 50,000 comments. If you say, hey, man, whatever's your thing, that's cool with me. You're going to get zero comments. Because you're going to... It's it's funny that the the biggest problem our show has is that... We would probably get a lot more attention if we did all the crap we refused. If we oh. did all the crap we hate. If we went up here and said, like, look, I love this album. If you don't like this album, you're a freaking poser and you don't like metal, we would we would piss people off. And the problem is we're not a show that likes to piss people off. We're we're a positive fan show. And for which is ironic because Duff and I generally speaking are realistic people. We're not like we're not the super hyper get up in the morning and today's gonna be a great day type of people. Oh no, I'm a oh yeah, dude, I'm a sad bastard. Oh margin. yeah, we're we're both mopey. But I laugh, but I still laugh all day. Yeah, we're mopey bastards who I'm laugh not a at happy life. Happy person, but I laugh a lot. Right. So my point is, like on this show, we'll 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 typically say, look, you know, I don't like this band. It's not my thing. If it's your thing, great, cool. That's what I say about the show. Like I go to this thing on December eighth. I will sit there, I'll watch the opening band and say, that was cool. Then I'll sit there at the bar, order a couple beers, watch the opening. And you know what? It's happened before, and I'm not saying it will never happen again for these two. I've watched a band live and said, I get it now. Ah, I get it. And then suddenly it clicks for me. Or I may watch them and say, still not my thing, but it looks like they've got a lot of people who are enjoying themselves. And that's what's important at the end of the day. I don't care... If you like all my favorite bands, I don't care if you hate all my favorite bands. I guarantee somewhere in there we can find some common ground. And that's what makes our community better than pop music or better than a lot of other genres who just literally like what they're told to like. Well, so so a couple of things. First of all, if someone says to me, if you don't like this band, then you're not into this. Right. If you don't like Cannibal Corpse, you're not into death metal. My answer to you would be my answer to that would be number one, biggest flaw in the argument is if that was the case, then every death metal band would sound exactly like Cannibal Corpse. And therefore no other band would need to exist. Right? Am I right? Yep. Because, you know, hey, dude, I like hamburgers. I've eaten some crappy hamburgers in my lifetime. I, I, I've eaten crappy pizza. You ever have terrible pizza? Oh, yeah, there's terrible pizza. No, all pizza's good. Oh, no, 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 son. You have not lived in the Midwest. There is terrible pizza places. It's just true. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you don't like, yeah, you're right. I don't. So first of all, if if we're going to, let's use Cannibal Corpse because fine. If you don't like, if you don't like Cannibal Corpse, you don't like death metal. Well, okay. So if 
that would mean that literally every band in death metal sounds exactly like Cannibal Corpse with no deviations. Because if there was a deviation, then you might have a preference and like something and not something else. So you're saying that everybody's exactly the same and therefore they do not need to exist. Right? Right. It would be like, you know, uh, it, it would be like uh, Ayn Rand's anthem or something where no one says I, it's just we, because we're all the exact same, right? Like that kind of thing. Like it's pointless. By the way, I only mentioned that because I was talking about Russia earlier, so that came in my head. But my, you know, so there's that is the first problem. That is assuming that they all sound exactly alike and therefore need not exist. Number two. Do you know what bothers me? See, here's what really bothers me about that. I mean, I know you mentioned like, I don't like how egotistical it is and I don't like how douchey it is. I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. There's one other point that I hate when someone says, if you don't like this, then, then, you know, uh, you're a poser. You know what I don't like? That is someone who's calling you a poser by expecting you to be a mindless sheep. Right. Does that mean if you're, that mean, does that mean if you have independent thought, you're a poser? Isn't that the, isn't that the worst part? Right. You're saying if you're, you're saying, well, so what's a poser? Well, someone who's pretending. Well, if they stop thinking for themselves and just do what the group tells them do, they're a poser. You're it's, yeah. it, it, you're you're literally contradicting your own argument. The yeah, point, if you don't like what I like, you're a poser. Oh, well, okay, right. Well, oh, exactly. So therefore, like I said, you are you are not only insulting the person, but you're insulting the intelligence and the thought of the of the scene. You are. You're just you're you're just in you're 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 saying that if you all don't think alike, you cannot be in this room. Uh dude, we can agree on things. Dude, look, look, I, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go political because we don't do that on the show, but I'll give you an example. In the United States, there's two political parties. Is it possible to be a Republican and not agree on every single thing that the party says? Is it possible to be a Democrat and not agree on every single thing? You want the truth, folks. Most people don't agree with every single thing in a political party. Most people don't. Why? Because we think for ourselves, or at least I would like to think people think for themselves. Yeah. And that's the... So, now, yes, you might feel pressured into liking some, and yes, you might be... You, you might grow to like something, or maybe you like something and you fu- it happens. Hey, I, I'm not going to lie. There's been plenty of times when I've been shopping for vinyl records, and I see a vinyl record, and I put it in my cart thinking to myself, well, everybody says this is the album you need to own if you're a thrash metal fan. And there have been, there have I've even bought records because I'm like, well, this is, you know, I look at all this, because, like, dude, sometimes when you're getting into music, or, you know, or when you're exploring a genre you're not familiar with, what's the first thing you do? A lot of times people will look up the essential thrash albums, well, essential death metal albums, here, so you, question, you buy them. Is that, is, but is that your approach to discovering it, or is that your approach to thinking you have to like it? So, and I will you know say what I'm this. Because there's a difference here. You know, the thing is this, like, I, I will say this. If somebody, and maybe this is a weakness on my part, if somebody says to me, or if somebody says, well, you got to like this album. I'll listen to it. That doesn't mean I'm going to like it, and it doesn't mean I'm going to buy it. I'll give it a shot because I'll be like, oh, well, you know, this, you know, for instance, one of the first YouTubers I was talking about tonight in tonight's show, 
they were listing off well the, you know metallica and anthrax and megadeth are great but you know they're they're cool and all but these are the three thrash bands you you listen to if you're a real thrash fan I, you know what I, you know what i heard that as i heard that as i'm gonna name three bands that people generally don't know to make myself look cool well there's that too well can I, I let me I actually, mean I could name I could name three death or thrash metal bands that chances are five out of you know two out of three Tom Dick or Harry's hadn't heard of just to make myself look neat well, and cool and edgy. But right. that doesn't mean they're that 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 that's worth anything. I mean, I I guess I could say this, and then I'm gonna make another point though. I I could say this about thrash metal, right? If someone wanted to be like, I've never heard of thrash metal, I'd I'd love to check it out. I mean, there's two approaches, right? Do do you give them and I don't want to do, I don't want to go down to this rabbit hole. Maybe we'll talk about this next week because we we've had an episode about this a long time ago. Maybe it's a, an episode we should bring back. In fact, I'm going to write this down. Um, let me just write this down real quick, and then I'll say it out loud. Hold on. We we did an we did an episode a while back, and maybe we should talk about this again next week. We called it Gateway Albums, right? Someone says, "Oh, I heard." I, I heard Metallica and I liked it. What do I listen to next, right? Or, or what's the next thing? What gets them into something? So, I mean, there's two ways to look at it, right? Someone says, I'm really into I'm really into thrash metal or I want to check out thrash metal. I heard about thrash metal. I'm interested in what is it. Do you give them the... the okay, I, don't jump on me, anybody, for the examples I'm giving. Just run with me. You get my point. Do you say, oh, well, you need... Master of Puppets, Rain and Blood, something like that, right? Do you give them the the big popular one, or you do you say, look, I know Metallica is the most famous, but if you really want to hear thrash metal, a much better representation of what thrash metal is is I don't know, an, an Overkill or, or or Exodus album, whatever. Don't don't beat me up in the details. I can see that they're, you're saying, well, I'm, instead of giving you the big famous one, I'm going to give you one that's just a better example of it because Master of Puppets is. Even not to that point, it's not even thrashed to that point. Like, say, "Kill 'Em All" or "Ride the Lightning" was, whatever. You get my point. So there's kind of two ways to go about this. But let me let me confess one problem. I will say this: you're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. I did just say that whole argument about saying if you don't like blah, then you don't like blah. You're an idiot, right? Can I say though? I, we're all guilty of going the other way. We are guilty of saying, I don't like blah, therefore, I don't like that genre. We all have done it. Do it all yep. the time. You you say, I don't like Cannibal Corpse, therefore, I don't like death metal. Right? You just assume you don't like death metal because you don't like Cannibal Corpse. And someone who likes it goes, well, actually, you, you might actually like this one over here. We are all I mean, dude, that's why we used to do the... Um, that's why we we always did the list the listener picks. We would tell people like we're not into gent, but if you think you can convince us, convince us. We're not into deathcore, but you think you can convince us? Meaning, maybe you have a band that you're like, oh here, I know you're not into death. Check this band out, you might like them. They got a lot of stuff. Oh hey, hey uh, Rex, they they wrote this whole album about uh, Colossus and. and the- other X Men, you know what I mean, or whatever. And, 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 and on like, the oh, same cool. and on the it. same page. Don't be offended when we're like, hey, it's not my thing. You know, that's why we're very careful to say, not, not, sorry, we're very careful not to say, this sucks. This is you know, crap. This is terrible. When I, when I legitimately, if, if I ever, and I, I know I've done it, if I ever say a band was terrible, 
I am 99.9% of the time referring to live. And that is, I am very, I am very, I think you are very in the right. Hey, look, that band that I couldn't stand that just made feedback the whole time, I'm not saying they were terrible. I'm saying they were a perfect representation of something that I hate. However, I will gladly say that one of the bands before them was terrible because they looked like guys who had never played on stage before. Do you know, like, like they were, they were legitimately just not good at what they were doing. I am not saying, you know, we, we say this all the time, like, I'm not into what they're doing, but they do it well. This was a band who I'm not into what they're doing, and they're not good at it either. You know, like, these were guys that had no business being on stage. They were fumbling the whole, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> when I say someone's terrible in that perspective, I usually mean it live. Um, uh, and maybe, maybe it was a bad night, but hey, they were terrible that night. Um, hey, look, I've seen good bands that are normally very good be terrible. So it's very possible they're a great band, and I thought they were terrible that night. And I'm not even giving specifics. Um, but, well, look, like, like I always say that Stone Temple Pilots was terrible. Why? We saw him when Scott Weiland was messed out of his mind, and we had friends that went and saw him in Cleveland the next night and said it was an amazing show. Okay. We saw the night when Scott was drooling. Happens, right? And I don't, I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead, but that's just the truth. Anybody who was at that show would probably agree they weren't very good. Cheap Trick was amazing. And anybody who went to the show the next night had a completely different opinion. They were bad that night. Heroin is bad for you. It happens. But I agree with you um, that we try We try very hard. We bust, we, we, we bust a lot of balls on the show, but we do it because, come on, we've always said, though, as much as the show is metal, it's also, it's comedy and it's fun and we, we like to laugh. We don't like to get too serious. So, fine. But... I just, I just truly don't like, I don't like thinking, I don't like thinking that low about my peers. I don't like thinking that low about my peers. Now, I would say you probably have to like heavy music, right? I would say if you, if you like death metal, that really, to me, means that you like a certain approach to something, right? That would mean you you like, you know, heavier guitars with really aggressive vocals or whatever, blah blah blah. However you want to describe it, you know. Um, I, you know, I even like I said, I, I I go back to the political thing, you know. Everybody in a political organization might say, "Hey, look, we all agree on some overall common things." Like, we're all for blank and for blank, but we probably don't all agree on everything. It's kind of how that would be here, right? Like, you would think, okay, look, there's some, there's, some, uh, there's some specifics we probably all agree on. You know, we like the music to be aggressive and whatever, blah, 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 blah. You get my point. Um, but to say that you have to like something I think is just stupid. And you know what? Can I even go out and say sometimes bands aren't even all that stylistically different and you just like one or not the other? This is not a good this is not about death metal, but I've maintained for my entire life that I absolutely love Alice in Chains. And by the way, I would have said that Alice in Chains never put out a weak album, but I'm only counting it up, but that's only if you would 
stop counting after Lane Staley died. After Lane Staley, I, those records are not good. Sorry, mm, in my the opinion. The first one after isn't bad. Oh no, no, you're right. No, no, the first one actually had a couple of good songs. After that, it's just it's not. Jerry's solo stuff is better. But besides the point, I am a huge fan of Allison Chains from um, starting with Facelift, you know, up to up to the self-titled record, you know, Tripod, whatever you want to call it, that one. I'm a huge fan of those records. I can't stand Soundgarden. I can't stand Chris Cornell's voice. Is it really all that different? Now, to me, I think I, I like what Lane Staley sounds like. I can't stand what Chris Cornell sounds like. They're not all that different of singers. They came from the same scene. Their music is relatively similar. I mean, they're different, right? But can we be fair and say Allison Chains and, and Soundgarden are, they're certainly peers, right? It would certainly make sense that if you're into one and you're not, you, you might be into the other, but I'm not. I can't describe for you why I think Chris Cornell's, I think his, his voice sounds like if I'm dying, that's probably what I'm hearing. But that's just my interpretation of something, you know? God, look at, you know, you know, it's, I, I, I am not a picky eater. I like eggs, but if, because I don't like them hard boiled, does that mean I don't like eggs? No, I like them scrambled. I like them basted and poached. Dude, and I, I don't know why I went, bro. I must be hungry. Um, but I also, again, I also have a very, in every part of my being is about individual thought and thinking for yourself, you know, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but Rex and I both went to Catholic schools and I will never say a bad word about someone for being a believer. And if you have faith, that's fine. You know, do your thing. I'm, I'm I hope it brings you happiness and I hope you're happy for it. However, we went to Catholic schools and we spent a lot of our lives being told exactly what to think and being told we were going to the hell or whatever if we disagreed on anything. Because of that, the ability to think for yourself means a lot to me. I don't like indoctrination, and I do like being able to think for yourself. I think reading something and having your own feelings about it matters. So I guess what I'm saying is I think there should be differences of opinions in a room. I think there should be. I think there should be. Now, would I go as far as to say most death metal fans would probably like? Yes. Do I think most death metal fans... Or at least most people who like 90s death metal fans, like, do I think that most people who like 90s death metal probably like Tomb, Tomb of the Mutilated? Yeah, I would say 99 out of 100 of them like, like Tomb of the Mutilated. I just don't think they have to. I think they probably will, but I don't think they have to. You know, you betting man, the majority of them are going to like the record, but doesn't mean doesn't mean they have to, and there's nothing wrong with them if they don't. Right. You know? But, but again... The other part of the equation is I'm I'm a guy in my early 40s. I also don't give a damn if someone likes death metal or not, and it doesn't offend me if they do or don't. So why do I need to be like, oh, they're not a death metal fan? I don't care. 
But how many times have you and I said you can be a fan of a sports team just because you watch it casually? Are, can you be a fan of a sports team that, you know, oh, hey, it's Thanksgiving and Detroit's playing. The Detroit Lions are playing on a football on Thanksgiving, and every year I watch them, I root for them. I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying in general. Are you allowed to do that? Are, are you allowed to call yourself a Detroit Lions fan if every year on Thanksgiving you watch them lose or whatever and you root for them? Does that make you a fan? Yeah, right? Right? I mean, do you have to know the name of their quarterback? Do you do you have to have seen them every time? Do you have to be able to name five linebackers? Like, do you have to be able to do that? I don't, I don't think know. so. Do you? I don't think so. Do you know who would think so? People like that. Yeah, there are people out there that would want to be like, oh, you're not a real Detroit fan. Can I Can I also say this too? Why is it bad to have more people like what you like? Well, that's my but biggest we, we, problem. We always talk about gatekeepers, and I think it's stupid. My biggest problem has always been that. It's like there has um, – my biggest problem has – you know, one time when I was a teenager – I used to say that I'm like, I'm so annoyed because, you know, now it's so easy to find this, that or the other thing. And my friend was like, yeah, you know, you got to think about it this way. Yeah, it's annoying that more people are whatever you want to say, co-opting, taking, stealing. What? And I'm using those terms that other people generally use, Um, you know, your your thing or whatever. Right. Um. On the other hand, you have to say, like, you know, is it easier to find this stuff? And, you know, I look at like, like, for instance, I was at I was at Walmart. Walmart had Iron Maiden and Misfits T-shirts. And I thought to myself at first, like, oh, great. Now, everybody. And I, th- but I thought to myself, oh, great. Now, everybody's going to like, you know, and I'm, I'm being a little facetious here. I'm saying, oh, great. Now, everybody's going to. But then, then again, I thought I'm like, wait a minute. But generally speaking, all this means is that I can go to Walmart now and buy an Iron Maiden shirt or a Misfit shirt for like eight bucks, as opposed to like thirty bucks at Hot Topic yeah. or or thirty bucks at Rockabilia or fifty bucks plus at a concert. And any look, look, I'm not saying, oh, well, now just buy all your stuff from Walmart. I'm saying, look. I want a shirt that's just like a, a disposable throwaway, like I don't care about it shirt that I can wear skateboarding or, you know, after hockey where I'm all sweaty and gross and stuff. You know, who cares? Like, cool. Like, let's do it. You know what I mean? Who cares? That's awesome. You shouldn't be upset about it. Like, you know, the fact that, that you know, and I used to actually say this stuff about comic book stuff because to get a comic book shirt, you used to have to go to a comic book store. And comic book shirts were rare. It's not like you could go to the store now and there's 15 different Captain America shirts and 20 different Iron Man shirts at any given Walmart or Target. Like, if you wanted an X-Men shirt, you had to look for it. it I mean, they didn't even have websites like Rockabilia at this point, um, you know, for comic books and stuff. So if you wanted a Punisher shirt, you had to go to a comic book store and hope they had your size. Um you know, that's the thing. Like, metal shirts the same way. Like, a lot of people used to bust people's balls about, like, oh, I, you, you you shop at Hot Topic and stuff. And for people like you and I, where no concerts are coming through, 
there's no other stores like there's no like there was like one record store that was actually a record store in our whole town like meaning you know every other record store in our town was a big conglomerate just like hot topic was you and i would be like well yeah but if i want to buy a cannibal corp shirt that's the only store i have unless i order it online and back then this is before ordering online wasn't just two clicks and it shows up to your house a day later it was like you know Dude, this was when eBay you had to sell you had to get a money order. Yeah. yeah. This is before PayPal. I've yeah. said this before. I was buying stuff on eBay before PayPal. Me too. And you had to send them a money order and then hope to God they got it and actually decided to mail it to you. Right. So you ordered something on eBay, it would be like three to six weeks. Like this was like, okay, I have to get a check or a money order and send it to this person. It has to travel through the mail, get to them. They've got to cash it if it's a check, wait till it clears, and then maybe they'll throw your stuff in the e- in the mail afterwards. So, like, a lot of people now who are so used to, well, I just click pay, 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 done. Well, what the heck? It's been three days. It hasn't been. Just imagine that three days where they haven't put it in the mail yet is after like a week and a half of already, like, and hoping that they're in. And by the way, during this time, there's no tracking very little tracking that they actually because this is before the post office was even like track your package for this neat little yeah, no, you just hope it, you just hope it showed up yeah one day you come home from school or one day you come home from work and there's a package sitting on your porch hopefully dude the first you know, thing i ever you, bought on ebay was a patch yeah the i don't even i i'd have to look i think it the first thing I ever guardian nightfall and middle earth patch I think the first thing I ever bought on eBay was maybe a Fangoria magazine, but I'd have to look. Um, I think it was something horror movie related. I remember that much. Either way. But, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to be old man yells at cloud here, but I'm saying like, you know, yeah, back fun. then it is fun. But, you know, back then you had yelling to like hope. Clouds, I mean. Oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, like I said, back then you had to like hope that your your stuff actually showed up. Um, so I don't, you know. But, you know, so like I was saying, you bust people's chops about, oh, you shop at Hot Topic. Oh, you shop at this place. Back in our day, like, that's the only place you could get this stuff. I mean, I understand as as now. shop at PacSun, we were probably cool about it. Yeah, but, I mean, even now, I'm like, I don't care if we people just like go to, to Hot We just like to give people crap for shopping there, that's all. I don't even care if people go to Hot Topic. I'm like, would I rather you buy it at, like, the show from a Cannibal Corp from, from the band? Yeah, but I also understand you know, that not everybody has 40 or 50 bucks to spend on a tour shirt. And... And there's something else I want to tag on to this. And lives near where the show might be. Right. There's something else I want to tag on to this. And maybe you're not even old enough to get into the show because some of these shows are 18 or even 21 and older. So there's something else I want to tag on to this. Or, you know, maybe you don't have the 40 or 50 bucks. Um, Or, you know, I, I... some stuff you just can't get like so you know i don't i hate it when people hey, maybe like, you're just fat and they don't have your size well that too i mean i'm, I'm half like, joking you know I, and, and it's easier now more than ever to get band merch and you know i see this a lot with battle vests i see this a lot with battle vests oh they bought those patches online who cares you're wearing the band's merch you're putting their name out there you're showing them support Dude, like you know i understand i it makes me happy if you can if you can sit down. It's like if you're into death metal, you know what you know what makes me happy if like I see that you're wearing something and then we can like have a have a conversation about it. 
I don't even care. I don't care what you say you like her. I just I just get excited because I like talking about metal with other people. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy if that happens. And even and, if you're just and, like, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping your answer isn't, I thought, I don't know what this is. I just thought it was neat. But if that's the case, then I'm not going to give you crap. I'm just going to say, well, okay, well, we don't have Well, you should about. probably, like, check them out. And yeah, I, I, I wanted to text. I'll say. I would literally tell them, oh, you should listen to that album. It's nifty, you know. Um, and I wanted to tag a couple things onto this thing. And that's the first thing is, and then by the way, um, we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be checking out. We're hitting almost three hours now. So yeah, it's a crazy episode. My old man bladder. We had a lot to talk about that. We didn't even talk about everything we want to talk about. Yeah, we got, but I was week. also, I was going to say real quick, I was going to say, look, um, I also understand that and uh, nothing I've said tonight as far as, and this is why I wanted to tag it onto the t-shirts and stuff like that. $50 t-shirt t-shirts. I also understand that bands are getting charged through the ass to sell their merch. So I used to get upset. Like, why is Judas Priest charging $50 for a t-shirt? Why is Ghost charging $50 for a t-shirt? I actually understand it now because at the time, I didn't know the venues were pulling 30 40% of whatever the bands pull on merch which is really irritating because these bands spend their own money on or label money, whatever on producing their merch. And in order for, and this is just like the ticket master fees that we've been charging against lately and forever, but really vocal against lately, like just for the pleasure of selling their merchandise on their premises, they've got to give 40% over to you. 40%. God, just, like like just, and, and, just like the Ticketmaster fees. Just like the Ticketmaster fees. In order for the privilege of buying a ticket from you, I've got to give you 30% of the face value. Are you are you crazy? Yeah. Like, yeah. a band shows up, puts people in your building, helps you sell beer, helps you sell food in a building that would otherwise be sitting there empty, costing you money, and you're going to look at them and say, give me 40% of your merch sales. So like when I see those shirts, but granted at the same time, I'm like, I don't, for the same reason as I turned down the ticket for Iron Maiden, I have a problem buying merch at some places now because I'm like, I'll go home and buy it. I'll go home and buy it directly from the band on their website or something. But, but that's the thing. Like, you know, it's sometimes bands don't put and, that and stuff And by the way, it's not website. because it's cheaper and it, the band probably doesn't make any more or less money. It's just because I don't want to have to give that money to the venue. And I know you're going to look at me like, well, well, the venue wouldn't be in business. Well, you also don't have to. T yeah, whatever. Dude, no, the venue is. Don't get me dude, started, the, ven the venue does not need to take 40% of merch sales. That is not a, this helps keep us afloat charge. Because I'm sorry, you're selling it. I, well, I almost said Is the S band load. getting 40% of your beer sales? If that's the case, I'm okay Well, that's exactly what I was pointing at. You're charging... You know, you can't tell me the venues aren't selling beer during these shows. They're not selling food during the shows. You're going to sit there and tell me that a tall boy Labatt Blue that probably costs you a dollar and you're going to start charging for 16 that you're barely keeping your head above water. You're going to sit there and tell me that a plate of chicken tenders that probably because you buy in bulk that probably cost you about 50 cents and you're going to sell them for 14, 15, 20 dollars. You're barely keeping yourself afloat. And you yeah, not, need not to that after you forty percent of merch sales. Yeah, forty dollars to literally put your car somewhere that would have been empty otherwise. Yeah, like 
all these like and that's the thing all these charges these these venues these ticket holders they're just hurting and fleecing bands and somebody put a comment on our page that the pressure has to come from both sides and you're absolutely right and i think a lot of bands are complaining about this but they're afraid to like challenge it well it's, you know it's, bruce it's springsteen i remember a few years it. ago i don't even think it's so often they're afraid to challenge it i don't think they can well, the only way they can a, challenge it is be like, well, we're just not going to ever tour again. Well, and, and that's, and, that's and, the unless problem. they can get every other band to do it. But unfortunately, that's, the that's, little guy, the little guys don't have the pull to do it. It, it. it would take. I mean, look, look at look at the look at the look at the Napster thing. Do you do you really think if a if a you know if some local band that plays shows in front of fifty people? would have bitched about Napster. It would have mattered. It took Lars freaking Ulrich to do it. And that's the problem. It took Metallica is a lot of these, to do it. And that's the problem is that like bands Taylor like Metallica. Swift, all this stuff with Taylor Swift didn't even stop them. Ah, anyway. But she didn't right. do anything. No, no, no. I know. I know. Okay. For the record, we're about to hit three hours. My old man bladder is telling me it's time to go. You don't have a bladder buster with you? I don't have a bladder buster down here. Let me say this really <laughs> quick. Like, we posted some stuff about Live Nation. We got some comments. I hope none of our comments were like douchey because we were just clarifying what we were saying. We were quickly clarifying that under no way, I'm just going to say this really quickly, under no way were we commenting that Iron Maiden shouldn't get 100 bucks for a ticket. Not In no way are we saying bands need to not charge people. Not that. We're simply, it, it was entirely about Live Nation having an absolute, having a monopoly on uh on on ticket vendor services at every major you know um at every major venue and them charging you obnoxious fees while not giving you a choice to buy it in any other way that is the problem not the price of concert tickets i'm not begrudging the person performing the show to charge whatever they want because if they charge too much they won't sell enough tickets it's called it's just the way market forces work but market forces don't work when you have a con when you have a company that has a monopoly. And you could say to me, well, the not really, because all you have to do is just say, no, that's actually what a monopoly is. When your only option is to not buy anything in an entire product category because of one company, it comes a monopoly. Fine. If anybody wants to a good economics lesson, let me know. We can have one. But point is, we were just not talking about the bands. We were not talking about the concert ticket prices. It was just about Live Nation. The but band. Next week, the we've got band the things we want to talk about next week. We can pick up where we left off on this. We can talk about this stuff and a whole bunch of other stuff. We, we can pick it up next week. Just we're dipping at three hours, and it's time for me to go. Because I've been drinking the beers while I've been down. I've been drinking the beers and looking at the boobies on the internet. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't. Never mind. The um, band. The band <laughs> name. The band name. <sighs> anyway, so uh, it's about time that we get out of here. Rex, do you have anything you need to add before we... Uh, I do not. Awesome. All right, well, hey, we want to thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Heavy Metal Hangover. Get a hold of us. We're kind of bad at getting back to people immediately because neither one of us sit on our site all that much. And uh, nine times out of ten, if you do, you're going to get Rex, not me. But if it's, you know, anybody who ever messages and wants to ask me a question, uh, Rex always tells me. He's like, hey, man, uh, they're 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 they're... Talking about you, and I'm usually scared because I assume you're about to tell me that um, I'm the father or something. But as long as that doesn't happen, normally we're good. Uh, <laughs> no, but that would happen to Vinny. Anyway, so hey, thank you so much for listening. It's been a lot of fun. We had a lot of good conversation tonight. We'll pick it up next week where we left off, hopefully. And uh, until then, 
drink some beers, look at some boobies, and have a good time. So thank you very much for listening. My name is Duff. My name is Rex, I think. And yeah, and we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff.